Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of AmeriCrown Dreams, a podcast about British royal family news. And uh, for us Yanks, we just celebrated a birthday. Happy Independence Day to our U.S. listeners. Yay! Uh, well, USA! USA! <laughs> uh, well, Jenna and I often finally look at the U.K. and wistfully covet the accents, the houses, and the history that will never belong to us. We do have to remind ourselves we do have a shared past, present, and future to the British Isles. Um, one way is that special relationship that is often quoted whenever presidents, prime ministers, and of course royalty work um, with the United States to create a mutually beneficial relationship. I mostly just took all the information I just told you about from a scene from Love Actually between Hugh Grant <laughs> and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, so rom-coms do have some value. So yes, that, that they do. <laughs> that they do, Caitlin. So that'll be our main topic to discuss today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. How are you today, Caitlin? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Did you have a good 4th of July? I did. It was um, pretty fun. It was weird that it landed on a Tuesday. I know. Couldn't take too much time off from work, but I'm lucky in that there are fireworks in Minneapolis that are pretty much right outside my apartment and so I could just go out on my balcony and Perfect. not have to do any work to enjoy the visual splendor. Yeah, it was really fun. How about you? It was good. Um, we went to a barbecue. Uh, I did not even make it to fireworks. It was very sad. I was very tired. It's late and again, it's a night before most of us have to wake up and go to work the next day. Yeah. So it was a little bit, little bit of a quieter fourth, right. I think, from a lot of people. Right. And I recently learned that, like, the, like, Independence Day technically was, like, July 2nd. Like, they really only, like, signed, like, the declaration on the 4th or something. Or, or like... Yeah. And so, like, it kind of makes me mad, because, like, I, why can't we just do the first Monday or Friday yeah. in July as as our day? So then you have a long weekend. You don't have to do these awkward... Like, next year, it's going to be on a Wednesday. That's the worst, because then you have to decide... Yeah. You don't, you pretty much like, I'm probably not going to take any time off. I'll just. Right. Well, it's so, I agree. They should just make it floating. And, you yeah. know, I did know that the 4th of July wasn't the actual Independence Day. And why I know that is from a <laughs> fantastic show that I used to watch all the time when I was younger called Smart Guy. <laughs> oh my in God. which, <laughs> if anyone remembers this, about the, uh, the child genius who has a high IQ and gets to go to high school with his older brother and sister. And he gets some teacher really mad at him by being like, but they didn't sign the declaration on the fourth. Again, that's, that's where my knowledge base yeah. comes from is watching right. television. Oh, yay. But I agree. It needs to be something that's anchored to a weekend or workplaces could just give us a week off. Right. I mean, that's not really I mean, going to happen. Freedom. It's like literally the trademark of, I know. The United States, so. And it's like, at least in Minnesota, it's it's like the middle of summer, and I just want to go outside. Right. I just want to be outside. It's so sunny out. Or even, it's so warm out. Right. The days are so long. I just want to grill and set off legal fireworks mm -hmm. and, I don't know, hang out, sleep in. Yes. It'd be nice. But one thing I spent my 4th of July doing was thinking about our relationship with England. And we will talk more about that later in this episode, won't we? That we will. I know. Jen and I did 
Like we could we could both probably write papers. I did research, you guys. Yeah. And it was it was interesting to I'll be able to talk knowledgeably. Eh, yeah. You know, pretty yeah. I believe in you. I will be 80% knowledgeable about what I say. <laughs> and speaking of me not doing homework or saying weird things, I think we have one correction that I would like to make. Oh, yes. Uh, we also just posted, finally, our first three episodes. True. And so before now, we had been um, the only two people who knew what we were saying on these things. And now our friends and family are listening and we are getting some feedback. Yes. <laughs> some of it is about how we say um and you know and our two Minnesotan. We'll work on that, yes. I guess. But some other things was uh, a pretty funny text exchange that you sent me, <laughs> Caitlin. Yeah. And apparently, if you remember from our first episode, I was trying to make a direct parallel between my co-host Caitlin and Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge. And I made the joke that you have a sister who's getting married this summer. Mm -hmm. This weekend. This weekend. Woo! Yay. And, but you, again, don't have to wear a heinous dress. True. That's good. True. I got to pick my own dress. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it doesn't have any kind of, it's not like a puce satin. Right. No. But I said something like, oh, and she's exactly like Pippa. She knows how to make ice. Okay. Well, I realize not everyone is going to get that reference. So... <laughs> And I think she thought I was making fun of her, which I was not. I was making fun of Pippa. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, because Pippa, um, in the aftermath of the uh, Will and Kate nuptials, was the hot ticket. And she got a, like, a million pound book yeah, deal or something. Yeah, she got a very expensive, very good book deal. To write a party planning book. And that's not necessarily out of the realm of her knowledge base. I mean, mm -hmm. she was raised in a household where they ran a party supply company. Right. She worked as a party planner. And so people were like, okay, I guess that makes sense. But a million pounds or, or whatever the number was, that's pretty high. And then the book came out and it had such advice as when you're having a party, you should make ice. Here's how to make <laughs> ice for a party. <laughs> it was very clear that... Yeah. No, duh. Like, of course you make ice right. for a party. And so a lot of people um, teased Pippa a little bit about that um, because, of course, you, you make ice. And, of course, most people know how to make ice in that you right. pour water into a container and put it in a cold place. Or, or you buy it from the store. buy it or your refrigerator makes it. Yes. Mine yeah. does not. but So yeah. we buy our ice. Or you have ice cube trays. Yeah. But, again, obviously... <laughs> Most people right. know how to do that. So that was what that reference was. Um, and those those obscure Royals references may occur. And as always, if you have feedback, you know where to reach us in the email and Twitter and Facebook things that we will say at the end of the show. Right. All right. That's so, that's enough of that detour. Jenna can make ice. Jenna can oh, make my ice. My sister can make ice. So and she is very smart. And yes. I was not making fun of her. I believe one day she will get a million dollar book. Deal. I hope so. I hope that this podcast buoys us to such fame yes. that your sister <laughs> can come in on the tail end of it and steal one, steal the show from both of us right. by looking right. fabulous in a dress mm -hmm. and then can waltz off with more money than either right. of us make. <laughs> That's the dream, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, should we get into the rundown of the most recent Royals news? Yeah, and one thing I wanted to talk about before we do our news, this is one thing that I got some feedback on, was that we don't um, we don't talk about Prince Charles all that often in our news, our news roundup so far. And I suppose that's true. Yeah, or Camilla all that much. And obviously they are, you know, very... the. You know, besides the queen is like the, the most senior royals, right? Um, and so, and they obviously like even right now, or they were in Canada, um, yes, Charles and Camilla. And uh, obviously, the focus, the main focus of our podcast is on as what I've dubbed the millennial royals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, Harry, William, and Kate, and hopefully Meghan. Fingers crossed. Yes. Um. So and and I think we'll cover Charles. In a future episode. Yes. And it's not that we hate him or anything. No, of course um, not. It's definitely I... just not our focus. And sometimes it's just not something where I, I'd personally say most of his um, his charities and his patron patronships and all that, um, I'm not as interested in. That's and, true. And it might be I just need to do more digging and more research on him because I don't know really all that much about him beyond his relationship with Diana and, you know, obviously his rumored, you know, upbringing. Yeah. And this episode, we will talk a little bit more about Prince Charles and mm-hmm. his relationship with the United States specifically. And he's also been in the news a little bit recently. I will jump to one of the items about that. He yeah. actually accompanied his mother, Queen Elizabeth, to the state opening of Parliament this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince Philip was indisposed. And so he he was there as her guest sitting in the throne next to her. And I saw the funniest tweet ever, which was a picture of that. And somebody had said, look, it's take your child to work day. And <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair because that's really funny. Yes. <laughs> and that was also a newsworthy event, not just because it's the Queen opening Parliament, which mm-hmm. is a big event. But uh, the Queen's outfit was a little pointed, yeah. yes. many are suggesting. And if you... Uh, want to just take a look at her outfit and specifically the color of her hat and dress and then the floral arrangement on her hat. Many say that that looks, uh, bears a striking resemblance to the EU flag. Mm -hmm. Again, anyone who's following uh, British politics recently knows that Brexit happened and the new government is trying to negotiate Brexit. So this was seen by many to be a statement from the queen who is ostensibly supposed to remain neutral about, I don't know, a feeling of European affinity or kind of like a shame, (laughs) kind of like shaming people who are like saying, oh no, we got to get out of here. If the queen's going to show up and, uh, show up wearing pretty much the emblem of a united Europe. Mm -hmm. I think that that says a lot. And it, again, goes to my uh, point last episode that the queen is a master of shade. And so (laughs) those of you, people misuse the term shade all the time. My husband does it. I'm trying to teach him. But shade is uh, pretty much derived from, there's this um, film, Paris is Burning, and it's, uh, about drag queens and it's fantastic and there are better people who can explain this concept namely there's the shade court column on Jezebel which was just, my favorite but it just ended I'm so sad it was yeah. so good but pretty much shade is I don't have to tell you you're ugly 
because you know you're ugly. Mm -hmm. And to me, the queen showing up and showing, uh, like, showing down all of these uh, conservative parliamentarians is pretty much saying, I don't need to tell you you're not doing your duty because you know you're not doing your duty. When I show up to these things and I show you that you are just being ridiculous about Brexit and you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So, and of course, because she can't voice her actual political opinions just because of the nature of her job or her role. Yeah. Whereas Charles, though, I've heard, based on some yes. of the books I've read, he is much less hesitant to... Oh, yes. He likes to put his ideas out there, especially about global warming yes. and other things like that. <laughs> like, he carries a hand towel around, like his own personal yeah. cloth towel everywhere, which, does. you know, it's interesting. Right. He likes the feel. He just like wants to have a warm towel, like that feeling when you get I, handed a warm towel at like a restaurant. Yeah, that's like his life. Yeah, that's but also, I mean, he says it's one. He doesn't want to use paper towels, right. and then also he doesn't like hand dryers. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> didn't isn't Dyson like your guy? Right. Like like the that, one where you can put your hands yeah. in and pull it out. I don't particularly like. I like them, but I also am kind of like I'd rather just have a paper towel. Yeah. But yeah, James says, I think there's like a p giant portrait of Dyson in like the National Portrait Gallery. And I think I took a picture of it and sent it to you <laughs> when I was there, like, I don't He's know, years inventor. ago. He has a national, I mean, important inventor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think for sure she meant to make a statement with that because wouldn't it have made more sense to wear a red, white, and blue yeah, or something more, yeah, just something, even even if, she, say she's wearing something bright pink or purple, yeah. obviously she owns a, a frock in every imaginable color. Right. And so that particular, and it's not like, again, she just walks in and accidentally, randomly picks something off the rack. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> Cher Horowitz and she's like scrolling through a computer program and like picking something out the day of herself. Somebody right. else is setting it out and they're getting approval and I'm sure they have five different outfit choices for her and she says that one. Right. And that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Well, it wasn't if, an accident. Well if you know Tria, Teresa May's office, you know, vetted her outfit before they obviously didn't catch on yeah to what she was saying. But uh yeah, take a look at the picture online. It was obviously on Twitter being made fun of. Right, All and celebrated by others, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and so the other thing with the Queen was just that she, um, there's been, I don't it, I think it's been in the news for a while that sometimes she doesn't have enough money to, like, heat Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And all that, and so she recently received a grant to um, kind of get the, the palace up to snuff, since it is, uh, it's lacking some... Uh, some technology features. Some modern and, amenities. Yes. Working plumbing. Right. Things of that nature. Yes. And uh, since uh, Buckingham Palace, as you visited, mm -hmm. is a national treasure for them and, you know, a source of income. and Right. Well, they opened up Buckingham Palace to the public mm -hmm. to pay for the restoration to Windsor Castle after yeah. the fire in 1991. Mm -hmm. And so they realized, well... For one, this is a huge source of revenue right. for the crown. And for the last, I don't know how many years, they've used that and other ticket sales from going into royal grounds and residences to pay for the, the upkeep. Mm -hmm. 
And at this point, though, there's just no way that they would be able to do an, the kind of restoration job and or preservation job that they would need to do. And again, m upgrade the the nuts and bolts of the house and, and not like destroy everything right behind it. So, I mean, one of the re they're they're gonna draw people like me who wants to oh, go yeah, to sure. England and go to Buckingham Palace again. People, there's this whole debate about. Who should pay for what? Who should and... pay for what? Like, what does the royal family val bring in value, really? Should they pay mm -hmm. taxes? All of this. Again, we're Americans. We don't have any skin we in this would, game. We would love <laughs> we would love it just to fully be all funded all yeah. the time. Fully funded. And, and, and in the article they mentioned, it's maybe 68 cents per person. But yeah. yes, there, there is something to say, especially for people who are, what are they, loyal? They're not loyalists. They're constitu Republic Republicans is what they call themselves. In the UK. Yep. This is the thing I know. Yes. Um, in the UK. I don't know. Whatever Morrissey or, is. Yeah. Whatever they are. That, that believe, obviously, that no state funding and no, like, we shouldn't even have the monarchy anymore, obviously. they they're, Even their ceremonial role is ridiculous. They cost a bunch of money. And we can we could, I mean, that could be an argument for another day. Yeah. Um, the, but, I don't think, I don't, personally, I, I don't believe that. And if yeah. you believe that, you probably won't like this podcast very yes. much because we're going to talk about right. them 100% of the time. Yes. So, again, we recognize the merit of, you know, determining how much public funding or taxpayer mm -hmm. dollars or taxpayer pounds yes. should go towards <laughs> the crown on a year-per-year -year basis. And that's a valid debate yeah. to have. I just don't think we... Um, one, have the expertise, or two, want to get the expertise to actually have that debate here on this podcast. We would right. rather talk about royal babies. Right. Personally. Yes. Where my priorities are. Exactly. Um, should we move on to what Kate's been up to? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, it's been a while since, but she yeah. was at Royal Ascot, yes. and she wore a very typical frock for her, mm -hmm. which was a white lace Ale Alexander McQueen. It was yeah, beautiful. It was. I loved the back detail. It had a little bit of a bustle. Yeah, it appearance. actually reminded me her of her um, her wedding dress a little bit, which makes sense. Since right. McQueen, McQueen. Yep. <laughs> and the best part of that day was when um, Countess Sophie Wessex tripped getting into the carriage and kind of like almost fell on top of Kate. And it was a pretty funny series yes. of photos. And you can tell Kate's like, oh, God, like yes. everyone's a little bit embarrassed <laughs> that's happening here. She may have had to grab Kate quite violently. <laughs> that's what it looked like. Yeah. And it was pretty funny. But I think it also showed like even when they were at Wimbledon last year, like they yeah. obviously get along really well. And yeah. I feel like they're kind of like. I feel like they're just crown sisters. Like, yep, they have to, they both were like these normal people who one day just like fell in love with princes mm -hmm. and this is their life now. Yep. <laughs> and so they're just like, okay, I, well, they probably are joking like, oh, don't worry. I've, I've tripped publicly, you know, all this, this, it happens. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Surprising it's not me, but that dress was great. She's been yes. on a positively amazing dress run mm -hmm. recently, yes. I think. Because the next thing that happened, um, so she did, she attended the um, Victoria and Albert Museum, which, as Jenna and I can both attest, you should visit yes. if you are ever in London. It's free. It is, and it's fabulous. It is. It's a place where you can go, and they have like a whole room full of 
like micro mosaics and snuff boxes and like teaspoons and yep. just other <laughs> weird stuff that you don't realize you want in a museum. But once you see it, you're like, wow, that's a really old spoon. Mm -hmm. Or what is this used for? Oh, it was used to like as part of a clothes washing system <laughs> in the 1500s or, oh, this bed was in an inn back in the day and 12 people used to sleep in it. <laughs> and this is where they would hoist the ropes together so that like people wouldn't fall out of the bed. Like, cause they didn't have mattresses. They just put straw on it and burned it every night. <laughs> like what? It's great. Yeah. Go there. So, it's so fun. It's a very random museum, but it's, it's, I, it's cool. I seriously enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so they uh, underwent some renovations. Um, they have some larger spaces where they'll be able to do some exhibitions and they also redid the entrance. Yes. So Kate unveiled the plaque there. But what Jen and I particularly loved was uh, Kate wore a Gucci um, tweed dress. A little Gucci dress. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Spice World <Yes>. reference. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was not a little Gucci dress like no. Posh Spice would wear, but a fantastic tweed number that had some red piping detail on it. I thought she looked fantastic. Yes. I it's it was so one fun. of my favorite dresses that I've seen her wear. I want it. Mm -hmm. It's way out of my price point. Alas. Wow. But. Yeah. And I loved that it wasn't, I thought it was like, it was so fun. I loved, I was sometimes like, I was like, oh, I, you know, we ha haven't seen her wear as short of yeah. timelines. And I was excited because I was like, I feel like this is the perfect like dress for you to go with that because sometimes people lose their their shit over that when they're like she's a royal she shouldn't be showing her knees well, and I'm like look at this cute dress okay would you, can you imagine this dress going past your knees no because it's 60s it's yeah it's, it's also it's not like it's a mini skirt no it's hitting it's, the top of her knee it's something that pretty much anyone could wear to work and it right. would be a work appropriate dress. oh my gosh it has a high neckline yeah she's been fun, uh, favoring the t-length a lot mm -hmm. lately which she can pull off. Oh, absolutely. And I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of the things. Like if you're going to the Royal Ascot, you can wear a T-length right. dress. But if you're just going to a museum opening, I think this was perfect because it was a blend of professional looking, but also fun and kind of a, a nod to the fact that the Victoria and Albert also has a lot of fashion mm -hmm. uh, exhibitions and history of British fashion. When I was there, they had one, I think it was uh, Vivian Westwood. Mm-hmm retrospective and that was really fun to look at and so i mean her shoes her lk sledge yeah um, nude heels are actually in not her actual pair but they actually right. have a pair because she's just so well associated that shoe is so well associated with her because she wears it so often so but yeah so <laughs> this was an amazing dress we both loved it and um it could be worn in so many different situations like she could wear she can wear it year round yeah like she can wear it in the winter too yeah, with a black tight. Yeah. Um, opaque. Or just, I don't know. I think it would be, yeah. Well, so, I don't know when we'll see it next again. I yeah. think she could pros possibly pull it out again on some kind of, I mean, it won't happen for, you know, at least six months, I yeah, wouldn't think. for but sure. Next Canadian tour, you might even see it make a resurgence because of mm -hmm. the red detailing mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. She also showed up at Wimbledon. And she has a new haircut. That she does. Thoughts? I'm going to you, our uh, luxurious long hair correspondent, Caitlin. Yes. What As, were your thoughts? Well, I, I I will like it in a couple. Like when she shows up for next week for their tour of Germany and Poland. Um, I wonder when she first got it. It seemed like it was too fresh. Like it had had time 
too. And I know I'm being critical. I'm sorry, Kate. Um, and I think it might also have been the dress. With the dress, it seemed like really, like it, it just had been cut. And I wish I And could it probably have... had just been yes. cut, honestly. I mean, she probably gets mm-hmm. it cut day of a yeah. lot of times because it does. her hair does look good. But I think mm-hmm. it was just the fact that it was a dramatic shift up in length, yes. we noticed that it was a mm-hmm. fresh cut more so. Yeah, so I don't know if it was that I didn't like it as much as I was just like, I'm not used to this because she had been having some like really great hair days before and I was I was very pleased with them. I, I, my hypothesis is she uh, has been dealing with the heat of London, mm-hmm. the unusual heat. They've been having some warmer days and she goes, oh my gosh, I have to sit outside at Wimbledon. Like in a dress, I will be wearing Spanx or whatever whatever fancier versions yes. of Spanx are, I will be wearing that. <laughs> it's going to be so hot. I can't stand it. I, you know, when you get your, when your hair gets just so heavy and yes. you're like, I can't take it anymore. Somebody cut yeah. this. Uh, that's happened to me a few times. I personally really liked it. I think that it's not too short. I do agree. It, it needed a, it needed to have a few days yeah. just to, you know, kind of not look so brand new haircut-ish, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. I still think it looked fantastic Mm -hmm. and she can obviously still do a lot of fun updos and and other things with it but yeah so she was wearing um silk white and black polka dot dress by dulce and gabbana Mm -hmm. and uh she the only modification was that it it, the original has a scoop neck she did a square neck instead and then she wore i was very surprised oh i love those shoes yeah the nina um black block heel sandals which um, I've worn several Nina brands because they are, they come in many different colors. Yes. And I've worn them for bridesmaids dresses several times. Yes. And they are affordable. Not, not her shoe, not the shoes Kate was wearing, but that brand. Yes. I also have affordable. that. Yeah. I think that's what I wore when I was a bridesmaid in my brother's wedding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're really nice. And it's always just fun to see her go with something that looks a little different from her normal pump, mm-hmm. which. Right. And this, this one, was. she could walk on the, the lush grass. Yeah, the lawn. Exactly. To greet. I think she met with, uh, obviously now as the patron taking over for the queen, um, she met with um, several, uh, a lot of the people who work there, the ball boys and girls and all that, and did, sat in the royal box. Yes. And now, so. is Wimbledon over, or is it still going? No, it is still going. So, okay. I mean, it's expected that she was she might attend another match. Because, I mean, Pippa has been out a couple times already. Yes. Pippa's been out twice. She um, usually makes several appearances at Wimbledon. Yeah. But, but yeah, with the, the tour coming up next week, maybe she won't make it. Yeah, that's possible. I don't know. I just know my husband had Wimbledon on this last mm-hmm. weekend while he was... Uh, baking in the kitchen and I was like tell yell at me if Kate shows up and then she did not alas <laughs> like that's the only reason I would care yeah. my to watch is, tennis on a Saturday morning my guess is they bet it ends this weekend but I could also be wrong because I'm not following it at no. all no um, it was on last weekend yes I followed it last year because I follow Serena Williams on Snapchat yes. and she is an amazing Snapchatter if you Amen. if you want someone like she's hilarious when she talks to her sister about her sister always like wears like really short mm-hmm. th- like dresses and skirts sometimes they're not even short she's just like where are your pants Venus <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's very funny and that's why I was even cared last year because she was snapchatting and she ended up like talking to Kate yeah and Kate was like oh god you're filming me yeah but also she's like <laughs> are I you can't t- tell are you- Serena to stop right like, or are you taking is- a picture I don't know yeah but also yeah it's <laughs> Serena Williams so Kate's probably like oh <gasps> 
I'm in the presence of tennis royalty. I can't also, like, I'm not going to tell her to, like, stop filming me. Right, or, like, put my hand up or, you know, cover myself. Yep. Yeah. Uh, So, oh, I guess we didn't really talk about the dress itself. Um, It was cute. Yeah. I think it was another just kind of nice, fun day dress. Mm -hmm. Wasn't as great as... The other two we talked right. about, but I had no complaints about it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a good first dress for her, her role as patron. Yes. Because I think she's, like, even last year she wore the McQueen that had, like, skulls on it and all those other bonkers, like, yeah. knickknacks on it. So I felt like this was a good, like, I'm the perf- I'm, I'm the patron. Right. And here's my dress. It's and... more classic. Mm-hmm. It's something that is kind of timeless. Yeah. And... Oh, I guess that was two years ago she wore that McQueen, because last year she wore the banana dress, which is yes. one of my favorite dresses. Yes, yes. The Roxanda Ilonic. Well, and I we kind of alluded to this upcoming state visit, yeah. which we will probably be covering in our next episode, For I would sure. imagine. And Charlotte and George are coming Yay! along! Yay! I texted you as soon as I yes. found out about it. I was so yes. excited. Because yeah. now, what did you text me? You texted me oh, like, oh, I, I said toddler Drindle. Toddler I, Drindle. I, want, I think Drindles are amazing. Yes. I I would like one. Yes. One day when I go to Germany, I will probably get one. I'll probably buy one for a future daughter of mine. Yes. Because I just think they're so fun. Yes. And I mean, honestly, just, and then Prince George and Lederhosen. I know. Ah! Oh, I forgot about Lederhosen. Lederhosen oh my and Drindles. I can't take it. Like, oh my God. Obviously, like, they don't have an official role. Um, or at least so far, they, uh, uh, Kensington Palace has said that they're not going to be in any of the official events that they attend. They're more just going to probably be there for, like, boarding and yeah. unboarding the plane or whatever, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will, but we don't know. Yeah. there was There is one event where they are meeting with children, but I don't know if it's... It might be just a more of a charity and not, a, like, here's a garden party for children. I, I wouldn't be surprised if... And again, I kind of talked about this last time. They don't necessarily want to put them on the schedule because yeah. toddlers sometimes have meltdowns. That they do. And they don't. Or they they're get not sick. They're, they get sick or they're tired or they're just not up to having cameras shoved in their faces. And I think mm-hmm. that William probably takes a pretty hardline stance on the fact that he doesn't want his kids to be in the public mm-hmm. before... You know, if, if they're not feeling up to being in the public. Right. You know, beyond, there's a difference between, you know, showing up on the balcony during Trooping the Color and waving a little bit. Because all, they, and even then, they don't have to show up there. They're never mm-hmm. announced ahead of time whether yeah. or not they're going to be there. So this, there might be something like that where that they're leaving the door open for them to attend mm-hmm. if that's, you know, what's happening with them. You know, it's a little different from when uh, they brought Prince george down to australia because then he was a baby and so for the most part (laughs) if he like started fussing or was you know not in a good mood Mm -hmm. it was way easier to explain away it's a baby you know Mm -hmm. if he's you know crying it's because he needs to he's tired he needs to eat needs to be changed right there's a list now though if he or charlotte (laughs) were to be seen as being unhappy in public I wouldn't put it past some of the tabloids to say, like, oh, a royal tantrum or something like that. Which, of course, kids have tantrums. Of course. And they don't want to have to bring that right. out. There's really nothing you can do to avoid a toddler tantrum. Right. Like, so. Children get mad and sad. <laughs> Irrationally. At everything. So. Uh, so but I would like point. them to eat a soft pretzel. Yes. yes. And wear, if not later hosen in a dirndl, something inspired by. Yes. 
uh, yes, I'm excited to see what Kate will wear because I know for sure. She, well, here's a this is a funny story. I was reading a Telegraph article today that was talking about what brands she might um, or brands native to Poland and Germany. And one of the German brands is Jill Sanders. And I was like, oh, like and I was like, like Bernie Sanders wife. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's, isn't it Jill it's, Sander? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I read it as Jill Sanders because right. like, that's who, and it's J I L, not J-I-L. yeah. Anyways, so I was like, "That's dumb, Caitlin. Stop. No, nope. stop. Yeah. So that uh, would be fun. But she, the the Jill Sander brand yeah. has some very nice things, which I could see Kate wearing. So uh, I guess we'll 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 learn more about Polish and German fashion. Yes, and and, and we'll see who shows up to which event and mm-hmm. have some fun talking about that. Yeah. And possibly eat soft pretzels ourselves. Right. And, and and if you want to check out the itinerary that they have so far, you can check out. Um, they actually have posted it on the official British Monarchy website, the page yes. for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Yes. And they do mention in the poll, when they're in Poland, that they are going to be tasting a Polish, um, like, alcoholic beverage of some sort. Oh. And I was like, oh, I can't believe they're saying that out loud. Is that, you know, because last time we were talking about how... Kate should probably mm-hmm. just drink in public all the time. Exactly. To just dispel yeah. pregnancy rumors. So I didn't know if that was them just being like in general, that's part of the event or being like, guess what? Preview. There will be booze and they'll be drinking it. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But yeah. Well, the other things that have happened that have to do with the youngest generation of royals, um, Prince Harry did a Newsweek interview, and he uh, is talking about the upcoming anniversary of the death of his mother, Princess Diana. I am not going to really talk much about that interview because I think it's there's nothing more I can say that I think he says it best. So yeah. I would tell everyone to Google that. It was really enlightening, and I think, again, mm-hmm. it's... I think this is the... This new openness that he and Will have about talking about their struggles with mental health and dealing with the tragedy that was their mother's death, I think it's really great and I think it's doing a lot of good for their Heads Together campaign because, you know, there's still a stigma. Even when something as awful as your mother dying tragically in, in a horrific accident and you being forced to walk behind her funeral carriage through London while millions of people are staring at you, you know, that it's a lot. And I think talking openly about how you can, how even Royals, you know, suffer from Mm -hmm. mental illness and, or or, I don't know if mental illness, but just making sure that their mental health is kept on the up and up. Yeah. That you get the help when you need it and know that it's not, you know, something to be ashamed of and that everyone has issues and even yeah royalty yeah and especially you would expect right it makes sense that they would be talking about it now more publicly just because obviously they they want to use their image for good and they've obviously had a horror in their past that they haven't talked about as much and now 20 years on i think yeah it's a little I think easier Right. It's easier for them to approach the topic. Right. And obviously they wish they probably could have dealt with it sooner. But I but mean, they were kids too. Right. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, and Harry talks about how he 
didn't he wasn't able to process things as well because of it and all of that so yeah it's a good article and um i think it'll be interesting to see where they go um especially with the anniversary coming up and um yeah that brings us to the other thing is that there will be released at the end of this month um will and harry are going to um i think they're going to be narrating or at least be a large part of a documentary about princess diana and her role as their mother and all of that. I bet it'll be really similar to like the Queen at ninety. That's what I was when, just thinking. Yeah. Which I love that documentary. Yes. That's I think on Netflix now. It is. Yes. I still have it on my DVR from when it was originally <laughs> on there. It's like the oldest thing on there because I refuse yeah. to delete it because it's just look home movies. I know. Corgis. It's kind of an awkward mo- film though because like it's just like the, they they're sitting in like I, most of them are sitting in like Buckingham Palace watching on like this like huge projection screen yeah it's an old-fashioned projector (laughs) and they're they don't know what they're watching and so it'll be like will and harry and they'll be like oh there's there's gran yeah like pointing and be like oh who's that is that is that uh is that Anne or is that is that dad you know like and it's really funny because they're but they're figuring it out so you are getting their genuine reactions too so i like that and i think that i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't very similar yeah set up of yeah like videos and um photos and all of that so yeah Yeah, so that it should i we don't i don't i haven't been able to find an exact date but i did hear the end of the month so once we we know you'll know and obviously we will watch it yeah and we will talk (laughs) about it at length yes the final thing that we'll talk about i think in our short news section here is the greatest Daily Mail article I have ever read. <laughs> and I am pulling it up on my iPad right now because I need to read some of this. I so, know you're giving me some good quotes. I haven't read it yet. So I'm it is excited. amazing. So this is how it starts. This is by it's by uh, Katie Nichol, who does some royal biographies. Yeah. She's authorized done. or and unauthorized, right? Or, I don't know if they're authorized. Or at least the the one I've read the Kate and or the Prince Harry and Prince William one that has, like, Kate kind of weaved into it once oh, she was right. a royal bride. Yes. That's the only one I've read from her. But, yeah, I've read her articles. Anyways. Yes. So, article. this is how it starts. Prince Harry was once asked who his ideal woman would be. Meghan Markle from Suits, he replied, without skipping a beat. It was a remark what? that would prove extraordinarily prescient. Three years after he confided to a friend that the American actress was his perfect date, Meghan Markle finds herself on the arm of Britain's bachelor prince. As the first anniversary of their relationship approaches, friends say that not only is Harry utterly smitten, but that his thoughts are turning towards a possible engagement. Oh my gosh. Loving this already. Hold on, I gotta scroll down. The Daily Mail has a lot of ads. So... Their love story is certainly a refreshingly unconventional one for royalty. At 35, Meghan is three years older than Harry. She's a divorcee and of mixed race. More than that, she's a thoroughly modern, independent, working woman. She's an A-list actress. Eh. Thanks to her role in the legal drama Suits, in which Harry first spotted her. And also a campaigning humanitarian, working as an advocate for children and the disadvantaged. So, you know, that's a pretty good thing. And let's see... Okay, so it says much about the power balance in their relationship that it was the prince rather than the actress who was starstruck when they first met in a dining room at Soho House, the London Private Members Club, in June 2016. This is the best line. Though he'd had a long-distance crush on her for a couple of years, 
as they shared a bottle of well-chilled rosé with friends, it became clear that her allure was more than just physical. <laughs> so it Thanks goes rosé. Yeah, I know. It goes on. And so the, I'm, I guarantee, how the hell do they know they were drinking rosé? Right. And when I pulled this up, um, I saw the, a link to this article tweeted out by somebody and clicked on it. And all of the banner ads were for rosé. And I was like, okay, okay, who, how much did they pay you? Because that's like the hot thing. Right. And um, I want to find the last, uh, then it kind of goes through a history of their, um, their, their, courtship. their courtship, exactly. So I want to see the last, but this, this I think is, is key. So today she is such a familiar figure that she is freely waved in and out of his residence without the need for a security pass. What happens next is open to speculation. Sources close to Harry say he would like to propose before his birthday on September 15th. So that, mm, that's fun. And then if he does, then the Invictus Games for Wounded Armed Forces veterans, which he will front in Toronto when they open on September 23rd, would be the perfect public platform for introducing his new fiance. Quote, there's no question they are madly in love, unquote, said a friend. Quote, Harry is really happy, and from seeing them together, I'd say it's just a question of when, not if, he's going to ask her to marry him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then it goes on and talks a little bit about they would be expected to marry in Britain. They would need the Queen's permission, since Harry is fifth in line to the throne. And that the Dukedom of Sussex has reportedly been reserved for Harry's wedding day. So Meghan would become a duchess. And then it says, this is the final line, which is also great. (laughs) Clearly, it's not a role that she ever thought she would be auditioning for. So will she get the part? Over to you, Harry. (laughs) I love it. That's brilliant. I love Katie. That's amazing. That's exactly what I wish this podcast were just this article. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. Yeah, I love it. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Yes. It's uh, my proposal. favorite article I've ever read. <laughs> I just want it to be true. And I believe every word yes. of it, especially the rosé at Soho House. Right. Because if the, I look at Prince Harry, I think, what is he drinking? It's rosé for sure. Oh, for sure. I can't see him being or better. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not up for just like a, a pint or, yeah. <laughs> you know, a nice whiskey of some kind. Oh, man. Anyway. All right, that was yeah. a fun thing to close on. Yeah. Oh, I did have one more thing. Oh, um, sure. Um, to or I guess uh, coming up tomorrow oh, is yeah. the Spanish uh, royal state visit, um, and so they're supposed to have a state dinner tomorrow. It hasn't been confirmed if um, Will and Kate will attend, but so far they've been attending quite a few of them uh, of the state dinners, and which means we would get a tiara appearance from Kate, which Fingers would be crossed. awesome. And uh, I don't know what tiara to expect. She's obviously worn three of them, um, including her her wedding day one, the Cartier scroll, and then the papyrus scroll, and then uh, obviously the Princess Diana's Cambridge lover's dot. Yep. Right. So who knows if she'll pull out a new one or if she'll tap one of the old ones. I'm hoping, I do love, I do love the Cambridge lover's knot on her. I'm kind of hoping for a new one though. Just yeah, because I I would love I would love just a full, you know I want to make an informed decision about what becomes my favorite tiara. Yeah, so I would try like them to all see on, more. Kate. Please, right. and I'm sure she has. Yeah, like would you? Yes, that would have like, been my number one thing. Yeah, do you know the scene in the Princess Diaries? Yes, the second one. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I. Which was I hate of. the second movie. I mean, I hate the second movie in that it takes a story that I love and just completely runs right. in an insane direction with it. 
but I love I also love it at the same yes. time. It's um, still good. It's just not as good as the books. Right. And so, but that scene, every day of the week, I want that scene right. to be my real life. Just lots of tiaras. You're brought into the vault and you're just like, try them on. They turn the lights on and it's yeah. like sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I hope she's at least done that. If I were her, I would, do you, you don't watch Real Housewives? No, anything. I don't. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, in Real Housewives of New York, uh, one of the housewives, Sonia Morgan, who used to be married to one of the J.P. Morgan people. Oh, okay. Morgan. So, you know, Rich, there's a part in last season, I think, where she's laying in bed, like, in pajamas with her reading glasses on, and she's got her laptop on her lap, and she's also just wearing a tiara, <laughs> and she's just, like, in a robe. It's like a crap like fake tiara but like she's watching her netflix and she's wearing a tiara because she's crazy <laughs> and i if i were kate i would do that but with real yes. tiaras it's just be like i'm watching my netflix i'm wearing a tiara what do you, what what's your problem perfect mm -hmm. and i know tiaras are uncomfortable so yes. at least maybe like a nice i don't know just some bling yeah. yeah something a, something with historical significance so which is everything diamond bracelet i yes. don't know what Anyway, so we'll see. Should we shift into our I main topic? Think so we have so much more to talk about. This is gonna be a little bit of a longer episode. We had the holiday weekend in there, so we couldn't record as early as we wanted to. So obviously, we had more news than usual. But yeah. it's not. In, in looking back to last week, the Fourth of July made us think of what kind of relationship has existed between the United States and the British monarchs of old and new. And so we decided we would dive into that topic, starting way back with the Tyrant King George, of course. Ah! Yay! Yeah, so um, the Tyrant King George. Yeah, so I think, especially if you grew up in the States, you from an elementary school... Yes. You know, history lesson. You learned there was this evil King George who... The third. Who, yes, King George the third, who um, he wanted to tax at all the colonists in, in the um, the colonies or whatever, um, with, but not let them have representation. And that's, you know, obviously what led to us going to war and ultimately winning and um, mm -hmm. having our own United States of America. USA. Yes. Um, but the funny thing is, uh, uh, and obviously there's a lot of different perspectives, is he's he's really kind of a scapegoat. Yes. Like, I mean, if you even think about, like, wh what's the point of, even at, in 1776, in the years prior to that, which led up to the revolution, the, the monarch was still, uh, I mean, they obviously had more power, but it was still a ceremonial role. Right. And, it was after the Glorious Revolution. Right. And when Charles II was obviously put back on the throne after his yes. dad's head was cut off. <laughs> and so there had been some power negotiated away from the king at that point. Yes. And so it was really British Parliament that was the one that was, you know, passing these laws to, you know, to tax us, to, you know, make all these rules that the colonists did not want and did not feel that they were properly represented for. Um which is funny because, you know, the, that's what we learn in history lessons is, like, King George is evil, he was the bad one, like, 
He was crazy. Right. Even in, if Which, you've ever seen the movie The Patriot. Oh, that was our favorite. Yes. We love, yes. Oh. It's a great movie. Oh. I mean, it doesn't quite. Keith Ledger. Yes. Oh. Oh. And then that other guy who was in Disney Channel original movies. Oh, yes. He was Greg from yes. um, Xenon yes. in the 21st century. Yes. Um, Greg. God, I'm forgetting. That's actually his name, too. Yeah, I can't remember. But he plays Ephraim in Everwood. That's probably what he's more famous for um, playing. Yeah. Greg Smith. That's what it is. Greg yeah. Smith. Anyways. Um, and, all great movies, but yeah, you forget <laughs> Mel Gibson. Well, this yes. is just an aside. I'm derailing us. Oh, for so sure. So we okay. love that movie, and we would yes. watch it every Christmas for whatever reason. <laughs> and then we, um, because it's insane. Like someone's head gets taken off with a cannonball. It's right. amazing. Legs. Ugh, Axes. it's so good. There's a lot of blood. Like yes. I don't know if I could watch it now because no, but I, as it's I've got older. It's... I, yeah. Oh, it's also a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. And but so as a kid, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's cheesy. Like, it's not yeah. very realistic effects, no. obviously. And so we, there was this movie, like, another movie that was advertised. <laughs> and it was advertised as, like, the new Patriot. And yeah. it was the Alamo. Yes. And we but we were so excited. We bought tickets to it. And we walked out because it was so bad. We were like, so bad. why aren't people getting blown up? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. All right. I That's had never, we had never, I, at least I had never walked out of a movie before. I only and... walked out of The Horse Whisperer and that was because it was really sad. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds sad. Yeah. I was too young whenever that was mm-hmm. in theaters. But yeah, we, we made your sister come pick yeah, us up, yes. I think. And she was she like. Might have, she might have even been there with us. I can't remember. But, yeah. But yeah. So don't oh, go see the Alamo. I think she was there and yeah. she was asleep. Because <laughs> I think we were all like, this movie sucks. Yeah. Anyway, um, watch yes. The Patriot. Yes, watch The Patriot. It obviously has an inaccurate portrayal of literally all events but of like, the American hot Revolution. But like Malfoy. Yes. yes. Sorry. He's, of course, evil mm-hmm. since he just has that look about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but good. Anyways, so there was this weird... Yeah, so, you know, that's what we've always been told. But it's funny because even though that was, you know, it was supposed to be this rebellion against monarchy and supposed to be about, you know, you, you choose who you want to represent... Um, the especially people like Alexander Hamilton and um, who was the other person? Uh, maybe it was just Alexander Hamilton, but several oh, and several of the um, people who you know crafted what our nation now is today spoke very highly of King George, and they thought um, Hamilton went on to say that um, he said he is really the king of America, and he felt like they still had that. Obviously, they were still kind of they're British, you know they they still had that identity and that that feeling of home and. And they still had, yeah, that they weren't really Republicans in the sense, like, that they wanted to overthrow. They wanted just that representation. Yeah. And I think one of the really interesting things was, obviously, we've all heard the story of the Boston Tea Party and how Mm -hmm. people were rebelling against the tax on tea. Really, though, the things that drove most of the animosity towards England because it did just start out as a hey guys if you're gonna tax us can we at least have some say because what it was happening was British Parliament needed to raise funds because they kept fighting with France (laughs) and then they would say well we need more money and because people who were members of Parliament in England didn't want to necessarily raise their own uh, their own constituents yeah their own constituents (laughs) taxes it was really easy for them to just go to the colonies and make high taxes be a thing there. So because there were no MPs from America, they were originally like, hey, can we just like have a vote? Like, can somebody be there to like advocate for us when you guys are deciding who pays money? Right. But it shifted when they decided they were going to tax not only tea, but sugar 
and the Stamp Act, which was all paper goods. So if you had to have anything that was written down, like a, like a deed or any kind of legal document, mm -hmm. you had to pay this insane tariff on it. And then worst of all was for the sugar tax was that was a tax on rum. And everyone <laughs> in the United States was drunk 75% of the time. They I mean, were it's there. Safe, it's safe drinking. Yeah, because they were, I'm not kidding, yeah. they were drinking beer all day and drinking rum each night a lot. So that's just one of the things that really drove it. Because if you've ever been in a at a party with your, your friends in college <laughs> or at a bar with, again, some your young 20-something people, and you've had a few... And you bring up something that like you think is unfair and you listen to people go, yeah, man, like this is, they should just listen to us. We're the smartest people. Yeah, that's exactly what was going on in every single pub <laughs> in America. And that's what really bred the resentment towards the British crown. Mm -hmm. My understanding of it. Yeah. And yeah, King George was just the... He was caught in the crossfire. Yes. Which, I mean, obviously he, he didn't have to. He obviously had a role to play and all that, but ultimately he wasn't making the laws or passing them. It was, it was Parliament. Um, I do want to have a side note about King George. He was also known as Mad King George, mm -hmm. and um, that's just because he, he obviously had some issues, and uh, those issues can be seen, but I would not recommend. Um, he, he lived at a palace called, in Kew Gardens called Kew Palace, and I visited this palace. I would not recommend it. No? Um, no, it's a very beautiful, I would recommend you look at it from the outside, Okay. and there's a beautiful garden in the back. Obviously, Kew Gardens has, like, tons of beautiful gardens. Yeah. So you should go visit all the gardens. But I would not go inside. Um, I went, I was there for my honeymoon with my husband, and inside, you walk through, and you see, you know, you see, like, things, like, the china, and, you know, the clothing, the beds, you know, that kind of stuff that lived. But there's also, because he was crazy, they have speakers throughout the house of someone narrating his words. Oh, God. And it, and it's in a creepy voice. Oh. Yeah. And, and, the, and it takes forever to get through this house, and all you can just hear is, like, oh! Like... <laughs> oh my God, that's horrifying. <laughs> it, it is. It was awful. Like, we were, like, towards the end, we were just, like, weaving through the crowds to get out of there because, first of all, it's kind of funny. Yeah. But it gets really old after a while because, like, he said some crazy shit, and... Then all of a sudden, it just doesn't end, and it's just really like you're just like I just want to look at nice things, not to have like this voice. Like, I want to see the crown jewel room. I want to see sparkly right. things. Right, and there's not even that great stuff to look mm. at. It's pretty, it's pretty boring for a, a for a royal residence. So, um, if you do go to Kew Gardens, I would recommend look at the house from the outside, see the garden. There's like a beautiful maze in the back Ooh. with some fountains, but don't don't go in. Yeah. So. Good advice. Um, so that's my that's my tour tip. Um, so essentially, for the, <laughs> the we revolution, are, we are wandering you through a maze yes. of our research yes. and things. Down yeah. one path is the Patriot. Down the right. other is what we're supposed to be talking right. about. And so you know, obviously, we still have that. We started off with the colonists were British to begin with, and obviously, they we've established an American identity now. We're obviously different from those who are English, British, Scottish, Irish, whatever, or Northern Ireland. I don't know. What do you Northern call them? Irish. Northern Irish. That's yes. what you call them. Okay. Um, but I think that's, you know, I think we're part of our fascination for the crown comes from not only the glamour and everything, but as we do have kind of that, that shared history and part of, you know, animosity <laughs> to an extent. Um, but even in the U S we have our own dynasties and we do those kinds of things. You know, we have the, 
the Kennedys, the Roosevelts, the Roosevelts, the Bushes. Yeah, the the Clintons. Clintons. Uh, no, yeah, the Trumps. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. This is the day that Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> tweeted an email admitting that he broke the law. So yeah, <laughs> that's my laughter. We will steer clear of that topic. Yeah. But yeah, so it, that's kind of where we, we, we kind of start our journey. Started from the bottom. Yeah. Now we're here. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll carry carry us forward. So obviously George the Third was succeeded by George the Fourth, and then uh, it went to the crown went to William the Fourth, and that neither of those two had any real relation good relationship with the uh, leaders in America. They were still a little bit mad about the whole revolution thing and the War of eighteen twelve was happening and mm-hmm. all this different stuff. Um, but when you get to Queen Victoria, obviously she was on the throne from 1837 to 1901. So that's a quite a long period of time in which to forgive and forget, or if not to forget, you know, okay, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll start establishing a little bit of a better relationship. And I mean, it was like the heyday for the United Kingdom and they haven't really been able to live that down. Right. And still obviously cling to that period. Yeah, their empire, that was when their empire was at its most vast. The sun never sets on the British Empire. Mm -hmm. That whole thing was happening. And, but still, Queen Victoria actually never met a sitting president at the time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, some of this was limited by the fact that you couldn't just get on an airplane and fly across (laughs) the ocean. If you were going to go to England, if you were the the United States president, you had to get on a boat and sail across the Atlantic, which was not going to be a quick journey. And no reigning British monarch, Queen Victoria was pretty busy. She wasn't going to get on a ship and go to America. Mm -hmm. What was in it for her? One thing she did do, though, was when her son, um, who became Edward VII, was Prince of Wales in 1860, he made a trip to America. And this was when uh, James Buchanan was president. And he, James Buchanan was the bachelor president and his niece um, was kind of the acting first lady. Her name was Harriet Lane. And she had been, they, when James Buchanan was the ambassador to the United, to England, he had brought Harriet with him and she had been presented to Queen Victoria. And so the queen apparently approved of her and so the Prince of Wales, Edward the, when Edward the seventh was the Prince of Wales, he was a little bit, um, dissolute uh, profligate <laughs> if you will uh to use my sat vocabulary words he 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 was a womanizer and queen yes. victoria was forever trying to find a way to get him in line and i think sending him across the ocean was seen as just get him out of my hair <laughs> so uh he was a guest of president buchanan and he stayed in the White House for three days. Um, while he was there, he also went to Mount Vernon to the tomb of George Washington, which that shows progress. Yes. I mean, because we can imagine that um, you don't you don't want to like necessarily <laughs> visit the the tomb of your mortal enemy when they're still your mortal enemy or the, right. the, the person who rose to be the leader of this country that you were pretty pretty much at war with yeah. for a good chunk of the the last like hundred years exactly Maybe and resentful for, of for that um but that was in 1860 uh 
Queen Victoria did meet um, some presidents when they were not presidents. So in 1877, she met uh, Ulysses S. Grant. He had been president just in the post-Civil War era. And so apparently, though, she did not like him. I could not oh. find a direct citation for this. <laughs> Found this on... Um, it wasn't in her diary? I don't know if it was. Oh. I I didn't... It was going to take me a long time. I, I searched around oh, sure. to try to find a little bit greater of a record. But he when he was there, uh, he dined at Windsor Castle. And he may or may not have rubbed her the wrong way. And based on some of his other quotes... Uh, from that same trip, he had gone uh, abroad to tour England, and he also went to Ireland and other places, and he said some things that it's not surprising that Queen Victoria didn't like him, if that was the case. For example, he said, I've had the honor and pleasure of representing more Irishmen and their descendants when in office than the Queen of England. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure, because he was made an honorary Irish citizen, and he gave this talk, and so... I can imagine he wasn't much to her taste, but, mm -hmm. um, again, so Queen Victoria died in 1901 and Edward VII, the one who had visited James Buchanan, became king. He only reigned for, um, about nine years. He died in 1910 and when he died, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who wasn't, again, a sitting president at this point, but had been um, a president. He was in England, and so he decided he would attend uh, the funeral, or Edward VII's funeral, and while he was there, there's no clear record of how this took place, but it's pretty much assumed that he met George V, mm -hmm. um, Edward VII's son. Uh, George V was the first royal who had an interaction with a sitting president, uh, and he ruled again from, or he ruled from 1910 to 1936. So in 198, so covering that span, obviously World War One, yes. big deal. And so in 1918, Woodrow Wilson, who was the president of the United States for our stint in World War One, traveled to England, and he stayed at Buckingham Palace as part of that. And I think that it was seen as pretty much a diplomatic discussion. Yes. It was something that. He uh, he did to uh, just you know make a showing in 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 Europe, and it was in the context of him uh, doing a tour in the aftermath of World War One. Uh, so that was the only president that George V met. Now we're getting into a little bit more recent history. So when Edward the Eighth a.k.a. Uh, the Duke of Windsor, a.k.a. Uh, I don't what David. Yeah, David. <laughs> when he was... Royal Prince, abdicator. Yes, royal abdicator. <laughs> when Edward VIII was Prince of Wales, he also, he made two visits to the United States. Um, in 1919, he repaid the favor and he visited Teddy Roosevelt's grave. So he, um, and then he... Uh, visited Woodrow Wilson in the White House, but apparently Woodrow Wilson was not doing too hot at the time. I think, you know, I might be mi misremembering this, but I think Woodrow Wilson was straight up incapacitated hmm. for part of his presidency, and his wife was being the president at the time, oh, but nobody really knew that. that before. That's so that's yeah. crazy, but and, also kind of cool. Yeah, so he was really ill, 
And this was towards the tail end of his presidency. But, uh, so yeah, Edward VIII was there and he visited Woodrow Wilson at the White House. And then he made another return uh, visit in 1924. He uh, spent less than two hours in Washington, D.C. and he visited President Calvin Coolidge at that time. Um, Edward VIII has a l more long-standing tie to America in that, as we said, he's mm -hmm. the abdicator because the reason he abdicated is to marry an American divorcee, Wallace Simpson. And we will get into that tale in a lot more depth <laughs> on a different episode, but she was a woman who he met when she was living in England and they started a tryst, even though she was married at the time to her second husband and he was having other affairs, but yeah. it was kind of seen as like, mm, you know, he's a royal. Right. He like, that's the weird thing with like mistresses. It seems like the husbands have, are like totally cool with it. Yeah. Like they come with them. Like, like, mm -hmm. um, Camilla, yeah, Camilla, Camilla's and, husband. And, um, what was it? King George, the, it would have been. I forget, but well, Edward the Seventh. Well, Camilla, his, Camilla's yeah. great, great grandma. No, yeah, Camilla's grandma. relative was Camilla, supposedly yeah, Alice. What's God? What's her name? I Alice Keppel. Yep, Alice Keppel was a famous royal mistress, and her husband like would hang out with the king mm -hmm. and them, and then they well, just like the king and Alice would just like go off and you know do their affair stuff. One, like, what are you really going to do? I mean, if you're sticking to traditional gender roles and, you know, marital vows, and your king is like, hey, man, I want to hook up with your wife, what, are you going to be like, no. Like, no. What, what, <laughs> what can you do if right. you're back in the day? And unfortunately, that was kind of, the people who were in power were taking yeah. advantage of that power. Yep. Uh, but then George the Sixth, a.k.a. Elizabeth's father, he was the first reigning monarch to visit the United States. In 1939, he and uh, the Queen Mum traveled to Washington, D.C., and there they met uh, FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt, and they ended up going with the Roosevelts to their estate in uh, New York called Hyde Park for a weekend. And really the trip was seen as it's, again, if you look at the date, it's 1939. Uh, World War II is happening in Britain. And America at the time is very much, keep us out of that. We're not interested. We There was mass uh, political pressure in the United States to keep us out of another world war. Mm -hmm. And at the same time the Brits recognized this, they still wanted us to support them in other ways, if not by joining them. And so they wanted to make sure that the United States was supporting them. And that actually was quite successful. The, the trip, um, Americans, again, didn't really want to go to war, but they did uh, feel very warmly towards the British because of that. And then George VI uh, met another um, president at the end of World War II. Uh, president Truman was coming back from uh, Potsdam, the where he was uh, doing some negotiating. And he met with uh, King George VI on board the USS Augusta, which was uh, docked, or was, I don't know, in the water near Plymouth in England. And they did a brief meetup. Um, so that was the last time that George VI 
met with somebody. Again, he unfortunately passed away in 1952. Mm -hmm. And then Elizabeth had to take up the mantle. And there was one more strange, pre well, not strange, but presidential connection uh -huh. um, during this time period. In From 1938 to 1940, JFK's dad was the U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. Oh. And Joe Kennedy was appointed by FDR, uh, and he was appointed kind of in a, it was a really interesting political strategy behind it. He did it to kind of garner the Catholic vote, which was a pretty powerful vote to get. Mm -hmm. And by putting some, I mean, it was a desirable job to have. I think it's the most desirable job. I want the job. I know. Yeah. But I'd be so good at it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I yes, yes, I will. Well, you would be better. You'd. Pro I don't know if you'd be. But I hope you'd be better than uh, Joe Kennedy because he, he. So obviously in World War Two coming up, Neville Chamberlain's there and he's saying, no, let's. We can totally be chill with Hitler. Like Hitler, let's let's make friends. Like let's come to an agreement so you don't invade Britain. Like we'll we'll let you take Poland. That's fine. Or we'll let you take Ooh. this part of Poland. Yeah. And so this this appeasement strategy, and. Um, that's what Joe Kennedy was really fond of. He was like, yeah, Hitler, we can we can agree, come to agreement with him. Then Hitler was like, Poland. And then everyone was like, oops, wait, this guy isn't going to do what he says he's going to oh, do. Oh, he's crazy? Oh, oh no. So um, he, Joe Kennedy, because he had been really supporting that kind of stuff. And then Winston Churchill comes in and he's like, mm -mm, I don't like you. No. And so Joe Kennedy ended up resigning in 1940. But while he was there... He had most of his family there. Um, JFK was there um, occasionally. And another person who was there was his daughter, uh, Kathleen, mm -hmm. or Catherine? Kick. I don't know. Kick, Kick. Kennedy. There we go. Yeah. That's her nickname. And she ended up marrying the heir to the Duke of Devonshire. So she got it, but then he died in the you war. You go, girl. Until, until he died in the war. But that's really sad. But, um, so she got connected with British royalty. I mean, like the the lower levels yes. but anyway so that's a lot of quite a bit of, you can see that the the trend during this period is ramping up again yes. air travel makes this a whole lot easier it sure does um <laughs> it's a lot simple a lot easier to convince somebody to get on a plane than to get on a ship yes very very true um so yeah so now we move into queen elizabeth uh which is yes our present day monarch monarch and obviously she has been on the throne for 70 years. Yes. <laughs> so there is a lot. She has met with every president except um, LBJ and obviously President Trump. And um, hmm. Trump will be, it was just announced, it's actually announced today, he won't be visiting the UK until next year. Because um, of scheduling conflicts. Right. Um, so who knows? I assume that she'd meet with him. Um, but yeah, if there's still the same amount of pressure and scrutiny and protests, it might be a bad idea. <laughs> I, I don't think she wants to do it. Like Prince Charles has volunteered because he yeah. wants to get him at Trump in a room and yeah. uh, talk at him about global warming, right. which I think would be hilarious <laughs> because he's Prince Charles. That seems yeah, yeah, that seems appropriate. Yeah, but we'll yeah. So I mean, we'll see what 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 happens there, and uh, yeah, if Kate and Will would meet or anything like that. I just I can't see it happening. I don't see there being a Prince George bathrobe photo op. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's been, she's met with 12 
of our presidents of the 13. So she's she's outlasted everybody. So awesome job. And um, so I'm going to kind of do an overview because every time she comes to the United States, she's done seven um, official state visits um, to the United States. And every time a president comes to the UK, she has met with them. Some of them have stayed with her. For example, Eisenhower has stayed with her at Buckingham Palace. Reagan, who she appeared to be like a very close, they seem to have a very close relationship. They stayed at like Windsor, which is the only president who's ever been, um, stayed at her favorite place. And they rode horses together? Yeah. Yeah, there's pictures of that. Yeah. Um, So, but what I do and what I essentially really appreciate about, especially when she visits, is the amount of tiaras that she wears. Yes. And she wears them for things, you know, obviously we don't really get tiaras all that often these days, unless it's a state state visit or a state dinner or whatnot or obviously a wedding or anything like that um but she especially on her first visit she was wearing it in new york just walking down the street hell yeah she like visited she went to a football game she wasn't wearing a tiara then uh, but, but she, she could have, right <laughs> but she was wearing a tiara so often and she has so many beautiful ones and so i genuinely appreciated that um, which is more exciting to me than someone in a suit I think she also recognizes that we Americans love pageantry. Oh, for and sure. We do, we want to see those those jewels. Exactly. And honestly, like we would be able to tell the difference if they weren't just like replicas made out of glass or yeah. like good Swarovski crystals yes. or something. We wouldn't be able to tell if she like doesn't want to lug her expensive right. stuff across the, the, yeah. the Atlantic. I I don't care. Put it on. Put bling. Right. Exactly. Part of the, and as you'll see, like part of every visit that she goes on, it's all about our shared, our share, our things we have in common, our shared history. And that's, that's ultimately she's like the best ambassador. Yes. For the United Kingdom I agree to with the that. United States. And um, we'll see that because that's, that's essentially the role that Prince um, Charles and Camillo now play. And obviously Prince William, Kate and Harry all, they all play every time that they represent the UK outside of the UK. Um, so I'm a queen's first trip. Her first trip was in 1957. Um, so a few, a, about five years after her um, coronation. And uh, she watched a football game. She visited New York City. And she approached New York. She said she didn't want to just drive in. She wanted to approach via boat. Oh. So she could see the Statue of Liberty, just like, you know, how people visit the Statue of Liberty when they were, you know, coming into like Ellis Island. So yeah. she she chose a very dramatic way to come into New York and from there had a beautiful parade and in her honor. She was only there for like 15 hours though. So she really did New York City because they did like yeah. the Chrysler building and all of that and all that to her. Um, and they, they obviously had, she had her first state dinner with President Eisenhower and um, visited the historic Jamestown, which is, you know, obviously a nod to... <laughs> why we were here in the why us right. white people <laughs> are you know here in america yep yeah. yeah. and uh she came back in 1959 uh, after she and prince philip did a tour of canada and um she and she was back with president eisenhower and the canadian prime minister and they opened the saint lawrence seaway which is a um bridge or a um canal canal area that lets ships into the great lakes and into the atlantic so once again showing that partnership and international trade right exactly exactly look at these big ships yes 
Um, so that was another one of her big things. And she and President Eisenhower actually got along very well. They actually wrote letters back and forth to each other, including he kept asking her for her grilled scone recipe. Ooh. So, and I, and I was looking online and there is a recipe. So. Ooh, we should try it. Yeah. So we'll have to try that. Cause I'm like, do you put it on a grill? I haven't actually read the recipe yet, but. Um, I wonder if it's like a griddle. Yeah. That would make sense. Now in The Crown, the Netflix mm-hmm. show. Isn't there, isn't one of the episodes kind of centered around a fictional visit of President Eisenhower? The one where she gets oh, the tutor? Right. right, where she, yeah, she wants to learn. Was it Eisenhower? I think it, had, it, must, it, it had to have been. It must yeah. have been. And yes, that's because he, you know, he was obviously a famous war general. Yeah. So I think that's how she kind of knew, because that was the one of the presidents she met when she was a princess, because he'd obviously been overseas to meet her after, um, after we declared victory right against uh the nazis and the the japanese and all that yes and was it was that the time when there was i don't know was it like an american president and they were strolling up to the house and then george the (laughs) sixth was like everyone hide i don't want to talk to him (laughs) i don't know i saw something about that i don't want to do more research into it but that's really interesting to learn that they actually were friends because that crown episode pretty much was like oh i'm so nervous i don't i have to read all these books because i don't want to look like a dummy in front of him and so then she finds out he's not actually coming and isn't it the one where they're trying to yeah he doesn't end up showing up they're trying to hide from her is that when they're trying to hide churchill's stroke from her or something i don't know there's all this intrigue but she she's relieved when he doesn't show up in the show right so it's interesting to hear that they actually were quite they wrote, they had good. Friendly. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's because, like, he was there, like, she had met him before, and I think she met, like, him several times, because, it, especially when you have to do, like, a world tour of your colonies, and you're, you're hello, I'm your new monarch of, mm-hmm. of the UK tour, you probably kind of learn from that. And, and I bet he probably knew her father, too, so that might have helped or something, so. Yeah. He was a, he was important in World War Two and. Yeah. That says, I mean, that probably put him pretty high in her books. Yeah. Um, so the last two visits that she did, one she did in 1976 to celebrate the bicentennial. Bicentennial, wow. Right. Um, so so yeah. again, come back, no hard feelings, guys. Right, exactly. Because, I mean, it's all about that we have a shared history and we should continue having a special relationship with one another. And um, so, yeah, she did stops in New York again, Boston, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. So... Of all, you know, any place that had some sort of historical significance um, and whatnot. And in 1981, she actually came back and addressed um, Congress. Ooh. Yeah. So that was... What was she talking about? Um, she pretty much, she talked about the special relationship and how it's something, it's it's a beautiful thing because it's all about compromise and no one's really being forced into it and how that needs to be... <laughs> yeah, especially in today's political climate. Yeah. How that, um, oh. even back in 1991, she talked about how it was necessary that people compromise because you get beautiful things and hopefully good results for everyone. Though I um, wouldn't necessarily call the American Revolution a compromise. Right. <laughs> that was definitely, I don't think, I bet it was more talking about like, um, how, you know, we assisted them in the war, the, the, war the more efforts. recent, the, yeah. the, the, the 20th the century, right. the 20th century item, right. not the, so much the uh, 18th century. Right. How we're one. always like, we both have each other's backs no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. um, vision that, you know, it, when people are like, what does this special relationship mean? That, that, I mean, that's like the, the high level 
version. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she addressed Congress, and she's been the obviously the only monarch to do that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And, and, and no, you know, prime minister has done that before, and, and I think it just shows that she just has far more... I mean, she's been invited, obviously, more to be the, the state representative than prime ministers, because guess what? She's outlasted all of them as well. And she brings that longevity and brand. and Yeah, and it's too. not a, a direct political statement, because yes. even if you're... The political parties are different in England than they are in the United States, but even inviting the elected head of state from another country... Or, or just any real official head of state, the, the decision maker, to address Congress it might be seen as a political move. And right. people probably wouldn't want to risk it. Whoever's doing right. the inviting wouldn't want to risk it. Right. No one's ever like, I don't want to see the queen. Besides <laughs> people like Morrissey? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Besides like, people who have no joy in their life. But even like people who are like, America, USA. If they were like, oh my God, it's the queen. You, right. you know they were super psyched to meet the queen right or to be in the same room as the queen and then her final final visit her last visit was in 2010 which is believed to be her final visit i mean she hasn't done any long legs of trips in probably the last five years i think um i'll have to don't take my word for that one but um, i don't i don't remember any yeah and i can say like again even though air travel is a thing and she flies on a plane that presumably could have a king size bed oh, for sure. in it and she wouldn't have to deal with any of the nonsense we normal yeah. travelers have to deal with. Out. She can spread out. She can watch television, do whatever she wants. She chooses her meals. She chooses. Yeah. She, her corgis are there in the cabin with her, you know, all those perks. Yeah, sounds amazing. Still flying. It's still what can right. eight it's, hour trip or yeah. so. Sometimes it's, it's not good for your health, you know, no. circulation and all that. And, and I don't think they would want to risk a long overseas travel just because if something were to happen with mm-hmm. the health. I mean, she travels with a doctor, but still, you want to be near a hospital or yes. where you could, you know, do, have like oxygen, have all of the things that right. you, you might need. And you can send, you have several other family members you can send in your stead that people will also be excited to see. Yes. Uh, so in 2010, she was back in New York. She addressed the UN. Um, and uh, she actually addressed the UN on her first trip. I forgot to mention that. And so she talked about, you know, this was, she was essentially like, this is probably the last time I'll ever address you. And here's how I see the progress the world has made, the challenges we still face since I last spoke to you. And, um, well, the United Nations must have been really young. Yeah. I mean, and it was 1957. Right. Yeah. So it was, again, just starting out. Yeah. And so she's been able to see its growth. All of it. And, you know, how it's become actually able to get power and and recognition Mm -hmm. in certain areas and, you know, where it needs more help Mm -hmm. and other things. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, um, and then since she was back for the first time since 9-11, she uh, went to Ground Zero to honor the 67 British victims um, from the attack, 9-11 attacks, and then also opened a British garden um, to remember um, all those people and met with family members who had been affected. And so, yeah, that was kind of her, her last trip that she's made to the United States. And yeah, I, I, as you guys can see, an overall arching theme of she just doesn't go to, you know, visit and see things. She, she has, it's very strategic. It's all about, you know, um, what, what the connections are and everything. And, um, 
whatnot. And so, and then I wanted to share just two, three hilarious things that have happened. Okay. Um, with presidents, um, whether or not sometimes they were visiting and sometimes, um, she was visiting them. For example, when Nixon visited her in the UK. Oh God. (laughs) What did he do? It was rumored. He kept trying to bug her to fix Prince Charles up with his daughter. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. I'm talking about Prince Charles and I'll get, I'll get into that. Like that's the weirdest thing. Yeah. So so weird. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, Reagan, who she, um, it's believed. And I think it might've been, they also were similar in age by the time that he was, um, president, because she would have been in her 70s by then. Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe, no. maybe 60s. Yeah, 60s. Anyways, so close, <laughs> kind of close in age. Anyways. Closer. Well, he was a movie star. Yeah, he was a movie star. Because um, she even made him an honorary knight yes. of the UK. And uh, so that, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, honorary knight grand cross of the most honorable order of Bath. Ooh, Bath. <laughs> yes. Um, and then my favorite story is um, uh, with George W. Bush, who oh. has never um, failed. This was when he, she was visiting, I think it was, <laughs> she, I forget what year it was, um, but who's never failed us with his signature oops moments. Um, so he was talking about the last, when she had visited during the bicentennial, um, but he he pretty much said that she had witnessed the American independence. Yeah, didn't he say when she was last here, like in, in 1776? <laughs> and uh, that obviously he should have said 1976. And uh, he froze, looked at her, and then he winked at her, which yeah, which is mm-mm. kind of creepy. Um, and then she Remember kind of when, sorry, looked at him weird. Remember when George Bush gave Angela Merkel a weird back rub? Yeah. <laughs> Remember when yes. that was our biggest problem? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. And then there was, I forget, <laughs> and then I read, I think it was either Carter or Ford accidentally kissed the Queen Mum on the lips. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. Carter. It was, it was Carter. Jimmy Carter, because yeah. he is just like a, he, yeah. yeah. And you know, I mean, stereotypical British person is like, don't, what? Right. Just affection. <laughs> Public, get away from yeah. me. Step off our lip. Yeah. All right. And oh, oh, I actually have two more things. Okay. okay. So Obama, there wasn't, I mean, he obviously visited and um, they visited each other, but he gave her an iPod with lots awesome. of photos from her reign and um, some speeches he had done and all that. So cool. he, he gives her some tech. Um, and then I don't know, I, I randomly ran across this about Princess Margaret's royal tour of 1965. Okay. And I, I just wanted to share this because I think it's funny. Um, so she did a tour of the East and West Coasts, and she was supposed to go back in 1970 for a tour, um, but she was asked not to come back because her entourage was too wild. Yeah! yeah. Get it, girl! She, yeah. Because um, she was partying with holiday, holiday, Hollywood royalty, including Paul Newman, Grace Kelly, Elizabeth Taylor, and Judy Garland, and apparently it got a little bit out of control, and people were just like, it did not, did not send a good message about the UK. She did end up doing another tour in, like, the 80s. Yeah. Um, but uh, Gar- Judy Garland was quoted as saying that Margaret kept yelling at her to sing. <laughs> sing Dorothy! Dorothy! Yeah. Dorothy sing! Somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah. Now. Yes, I know. So, so yeah. So I just wanted to share that tidbit because I thought that was funny. That is really funny. Margaret's always so supposed to have been kind of the wild child. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm, as I said, I'm going to now talk about <laughs> Charles. Um, Charles... Again, is not the official monarch, but he plays an important role in the special relationship. And he, I think what we can kind of see over the the trends that 
Kate and I have been talking about is that really the sitting monarch, while they can make some visits, the when whoever's in the Prince of Wales role is usually able to travel more freely because their duties don't necessarily keep them at home as much. And so Charles has made 20 official visits to the United States. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's too many for me to talk about. Don't worry, everyone. I'm not <laughs> going to talk about 20 visits. He's also made other you know, personal visits. So I'm going to talk about three um, visits that really are kind of the uh, quintessential trips he's made to the United States. Uh, the first was in 1970. So again, Richard Nixon is president. And this trip was uh, Prince Charles, who was 21, and he went with his sister Anne, who was 19. And this, like I said, was a personal visit. That um, sounds fun. Nixon invited him and Anne uh, to come to Washington. It was actually a trip sponsored by Nixon's uh, children. And it was pretty much like, hey, guys, come to uh, come to Washington, D.C., and we'll have fun. And, you know, I've got kids about your age. You guys should hang out. And Charles has said, like, yeah, he was trying to set me up with Trisha, like, which is weird. <laughs> and he was like, I'm 21, dude. And also, what? Like, this is weird. So, okay. In researching this trip, I found the most amazing New York Times article. And I don't know, we maybe will post a um, link to yeah. some of these uh, news articles we've been talking about. And I just want to read some quotes. Because uh, Princess Anne is the star. I love her, <laughs> and I've always really just had affection for her because she's so no-nonsense. And this just, she's always been like this. You can tell from this thing. So this is the quote. Um, so, well, the New York Times described it as a, quote, strenuous two-day visit. And Nixon had invited them and said he wanted them to uh, feel very much at home. So this is this is the best quote. All right. Princess Anne, a young woman of noted independence, wore a bright chartreuse mini dress and a white broad brimmed hat that had a yellow green sash. From the moment she stepped onto the lawn and com commented, I didn't know they made so many cameras. She made no effort to conceal a mood of incredulity and vague discomfort. <laughs> So that's just amazing. She yeah. just like shows up and is like, I didn't know they made so many cameras. Like, yeah. just imagine <laughs> Princess Anne making that comment. And I love that the New York Times is just like, nope, she's not she's not here for it. She nope. she does not want to be photographed. She's not interested. Um, so they stayed in uh, the White House, but they did make a trip to Camp David where Charles suggested they do some skeet shooting, apparently. Oh, fun. I don't even know. What is that? Oh, uh, that's where, like, so... You know, when you hear somebody say, like, pull, and it's like, you know, oh, the okay. duck hunt, like the game, yeah. but like, instead like the of clay duck, pigeons, clay pigeons, exactly. Yeah. And so you, you shoot things that aren't living. Okay. Because it's pretty cool. much like, hey, let's practice shooting things, but you know, they're not alive. We're not killing yeah. ducks. Great. That sounds yes. great. And it's fun. So he suggested that. And uh, also as part of the trip was a large party for young people. And this is another great quote. The Canadian rock group, the Guess Who, will provide most of the music, but not their best-selling song, American Woman, whose lyrics are harshly satirical of the United States. The White House considers the lyrics in poor taste. And it's like, <laughs> what? What? Who? Which is funny, because the Guess Who, don't they? They ended up singing at, I think, the inauguration of one of our presidents. Did they? Yeah, because Paul, Paul, Paul loves the Guess Who, and he always thought it was funny that they did that. Yeah. But 
I'll, anyway, I'll Nixon thought they were it. in poor taste. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that New York Times article, maybe it, I might think this is really funny because I was doing this research. I think it was like one in the morning, but um, I like it. So also as part of that trip, they visited um, a wildlife research center and it was one of the earliest. This is before the Endangered Species Act um, that came, I think, in 1971 or 73. Can't remember. But uh, it was a refuge for endangered animals uh, and Prince Charles wanted to visit that and as I've mentioned a couple times this episode Prince Charles is super interested in conservation and protecting the earth mm -hmm. he's a little bit of a hippie in that way and so that I thought was interesting that even on his first trip here he was doing that kind of work and touring those kinds of locations so that was his first trip um he made another quick stop um, in 1981. And this was a few months before he was married to Diana. He had a private dinner party with President Reagan. And the United States was ramping up in anticipation of his wedding. Uh, there wasn't anything too crazy happening. That was uh, what happened in 1985 which was the Royals fever trip. <laughs> How's that? That one is described. So this was a three day visit. Uh, it began November 9th, 1985. And this was when Charles and Diana, um, came to do a whirlwind tour of Washington and Washington DC was part of that. This one I'm going to, there's a, an amazing part of a book, the Diana Chronicles, which is, a I'm trying to figure out. I can't remember who the author of that is. I'm trying to find it. Why does it? Tina Brown. And it's a really good biography of Princess Diana. And she writes a very detailed description of this trip. And this is the trip where Diana danced with John Travolta. Mm -hmm. In the black dress. In the black dress. So this, uh, as the, on that first night, there was a gala dinner that President Reagan hosted. And as part of this, when Reagan was talking about the guests of honor, he forgot Diana's name, which is great. He said, first he called her Princess David, <laughs> and then he called her Princess Diane, which <laughs> neither of those are her name. And everyone was kind of like, what? <laughs> so apparently, you know, American presidents, you know, they maybe, right. actually maybe if, if he was friends with the queen and if you believe like the rumors that the queen didn't like Diana, maybe yeah. she was like, hey, you should forget her name. Yeah. But I doubt that that happens. That would just be funny. <laughs> um, but as part of this dinner party, there were lots of the movers and shakers and celebrities. And um, one of the people who was there was Mikhail Baryshnikov, the famous ballet oh, dancer. Yes. And he was seated next to Diana at dinner. And then Prince Charles was seated next to like some old woman and like Baryshnikov was like hot in the day like hot and so everyone was like ooh Diana gets to sit next to this guy but he was injured so he couldn't dance so um he like made an apology to her like oh I'm so sorry I cannot dance with you and John Travolta was at this party <laughs> and so she was like hey I want to dance with John Travolta and John Travolta is quoted in this book I don't know if he gave an interview to um this oh actually but also um Barishnikov Diana requested that she sit next to Barishnikov <laughs> which makes it all the better and then um so I want to see let's see 
this is what um, this is the quote from this book, the Diana Chronicles. So Travolta had no idea he was going to end up with top billing that night. At the time, his career was idling. Two years had passed since his last big moneymaker, Staying Alive, and the movie that would put him back on the top, Pulp Fiction, was still nine years in the future. The marquee Hollywood guest at the White House was not the second magnitude star of the now antique hit Saturday Night Fever, but Clint Eastwood, who was soaking up Oscar buzz for his role as the somber preacher in Pale Rider. As Travolta donned his new Armani dinner jacket before the party, he mused to himself, Wow, I'm lucky to be asked. I may not be hot, but I'm not forgotten. That's my, that's my really bad John Travolta impression. So when he reached Diana in the receiving line, she asked him sweetly about the bigger star. Have you seen Mr. Eastwood tonight? No, I haven't, he replied. You do suppose he will be here, she said. Oh, yes, Travolta said. Of course, Diana said, smiling. Where else would he be? This, again, is another side. This uh, biographer, I don't know how accurate this portrayal is, makes Diana seem very aware of how cool she is to people. <laughs> So, I thought that was pretty clever and pretty neat, Travolta told me two year, decades later. I thought, she not only knows who she is, she knows what this is and how big this is. She was so savvy about the media impact of it all. Okay, so then it goes on and it talks about... Um, okay, about 9 p.m., right before the entree, John Travolta, seated at another table, was interrupted by a tap on the shoulder from the First Lady. She said, look, there's only one wish that the princess has, he recalled. And I said, what's that? And she said, that's to dance with you. I said, really? Well, would you do the honors, Mrs. Reagan said? Yes. Wh where? How? When? I asked. She said, around midnight. I will tap you on the shoulder and tell you it's time. <laughs> it was clearly planned. I knew it would be an attention-grabbing moment, and I had three hours to sweat. So um, he's talking about how they had to dance together, and it's... Uh, it's interesting. He says he was, she was almost his height when she was in heels. And obviously the, the picture of them dancing yeah. became quite a, a famous picture. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, that was a big iconic moment. Um, as they said in the papers surrounding this visit, it had the officially democratic capital suddenly mad about monarchy. And yeah. that was really the case. This was the time that, Diana really saw that America, this was her first trip to the United States, and she mm -hmm. saw that Americans really liked her and treated her, I mean, with, as as though she were just, I mean, a royal. Right. And she really liked it. Um, I mean, who wouldn't want to go to parties with people like Clint Eastwood, Tom Selleck, and Neil Diamond? I mean, those right. are some hot names. Right, and I imagine, like, obviously the, the press, you know, had... But, you know, especially the British press was like, are they happy? Are right. they happy? And I don't think you got as much of that probably in the U.S. So you probably still had the impression like, oh, she's a princess. They had, I remember I watched their wedding on TV and she was, it was a fairy tale and she yeah. wears tiaras. So. Right. Well, she was seen as this actual fairy princess story. I mean, yeah. it was a real Cinderella story mm -hmm. type thing. I mean, she was this young, sweet teacher who got swept away by... A prince who, if not handsome, was very rich and yes. obviously going to be the king of England someday. And right. so that was a big thing. Um, but obviously things didn't always, they didn't carry on. Um, well, or maybe they were already having trouble yeah. at that time. But uh, Diana made some other trips to America that were solo trips um, while she was still married to Charles. In 1989... She, this was a really famous, uh, 
visit, she took a trip to New York and she went to um, the Harlem Hospital Center and that's where she was photographed hugging a seven-year-old AIDS patient. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, an iconic photograph because at that time AIDS was absolutely terrifying and there was a huge stigma around it. And I remember in my um, high school uh, biology classroom, one of my teacher in high school, she had gotten her PhD in AIDS education and was probably around this time, um, if not a little later. And there was a, a poster, like a vintage poster from that era. And it said, you can hug me, you won't get AIDS. And it was like a cartoon drawing. And she mm -hmm. explained to us that people were unsure of how the disease was transmitted. And so there was a lot of treating uh, people who were HIV positive and who were affected with AIDS by AIDS uh, as though they were contagious just by touch. And so the human, I mean, the humanity that is hugging a seven-year-old mm -hmm. <laughs> who yeah. has this horrifying disease Aww. is, was so seen as something that really bolstered her image as this people's princess. Mm -hmm. um, later, after the divorce from Charles, she returned uh, to New York in 1995 and she visited that same hospital, uh, same pediatric ward to see kind of how it was doing. Um, and then uh, several more times she traveled back to New York City. Um, the last trip was, or, or I don't know, in 1997, she went to um, New York City in connection with the auction at Christie, that Christie's auction oh, house right. was having of her dresses, which famously Prince William gave her the idea for. Um, she had gotten a divorce and wanted a lot of money to give to charity and she had all of these things and he said she didn't really want to keep them and William said well why don't you sell them and give the money to charity and so she connected with Christie's auction house and came back as part of the promotion for that sale and so that was um, in 1997 which was there she died yeah so she um, again based on this book um, the Diana Chronicles, she may have wanted to move to the United States. She saw her later image, according to this author, as a type of Jackie Kennedy Onassis figure, somebody who has the name recognition because of somebody they used to be married to, but who was able to carry on this legacy of being a public figure and somebody who did a lot of charity work and was known as a loving mother and all those other things. And she thought America was a good place to do it because there wasn't the, I mean, there she wasn't was, the oppression of England. There yes. was a lot more room for her to breathe. And there was a lot more ways for her to be kind of a traditional, more traditional celebrity than to have to, you know, have the burden of being a, a, right. a royal. All right, final quick this is going a long time dang you guys I think are we're doing pretty good i think we are but you know we'll we'll be fine yeah. this is quick the the um final trip that charles took that i'm going to talk about is his trip in 2005 um that was uh charles and camilla's first official trip as a married couple mm -hmm. and they had a formal they attended a formal state dinner that george w bush and laura bush hosted for them and when they were there, they did um, they did something I was super jealous of, which is they got a tour of the Lincoln Memorial from Doris Kearns Goodwin, which she's the woman who wrote Lincoln's biography that the movie Lincoln was okay. based off. She is amazing. I've met her. Um, I did a 
brief stint with NBC News back when the Republican convention was in St. Paul. Um, and she was on Meet the Press that day. And she is this, she's just a fantastic biographer and historian. And I, like, if you're going to get a tour of the Lincoln Memorial from anyone, you'd want it to be her. And so I'm super jealous because she obviously wrote the book on the man. Right. So she has a lot of fun insight. Um, so yeah, but they, uh, a lot of the articles I read based on that trip, um, drew comparisons, uh, from the 2005 visit to the 1985 visit. And Americans, I don't know. I didn't know the history, the Charles and Camilla history of as much. It might've been my age. Um, I was a little too young to really understand the there were three people in the marriage. That yes. whole explosion yes. and the leaked phone call things. Like, I didn't know that existed until, like, a couple of years ago. And then I was like, wait, what? That's right. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm, I don't think my anima, I, I had the level of vitriol against Camilla that a lot of people do because they saw her as, the other woman. But mm -hmm. also, I'm always the person who, like, you know, there's people who are, like, Team Aniston and Team yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Angelina or whatever. And I was like, dude, it's, look, why can't we yell at Brad Pitt? Like, I mean, I know right. Angelina Jolie, like, well, it's a moot point yeah. now. But, like, I know she was, like, she was not innocent in this. But, like, can we be primarily mad at the man who was actually married? Right. Like, you know, if he's not, he's the one who has the vows. She doesn't, I mean, she can, she should respect his vows. Oh, absolutely. But, but like. She didn't break them. He did, you know, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like these people who are so mad at Camilla, you know, I know a little bit, a few more of the facts now, so yes. I can understand a little bit more of the, 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 the background, the background and the reason why I understand the people that people were, who loved Princess Diana would not like her. And I think, I think that's died down a lot also since they've gotten married and since you know, everyone, they've, the pal, again, talk about how the palace is an amazing uh, spin team because they've been able to spin her into this figure of being the, the patient love of his life, mm -hmm. who's willing to go through anything to be with him. Right. I mean, which, yeah. Whole nother topic. But, you know, America, <laughs> I will say that American, uh, on their trip, it was not the same level of fanfare. There might be many other reasons for explaining that, though, beyond, I think, partially it's that, uh, the fact that the whole Princess Diana right. element is gone. She but also, a it's... a tough act to follow. It's 30 years later, and so Prince Charles is no longer, like, a young, newly married man with mm -hmm. two young kids. Now that's where, like, when Will and Kate take do, go on visits yes. to the United States and everyone freaks out. That's kind of right. more what it is. It's, they're the young... Because, like, I, Camilla has, uh, I think she wears, like, her outfits, I, I like a lot of them. She ha Her hats are a little big. Right. But for the most part, she looks really smart, and she mm -hmm. looks really good, I think. Mm -hmm. But I'm not looking to her for fashion tips. No. I'm not immediately going on a website to try to find a duplicate dress of what she's wearing for much cheaper, like I am with what Kate is wearing. Um, sometimes. So I think that that's also part of it that, you know, a vast majority of the country isn't looking to her as like this fashion icon. Yes. <laughs> like they are for, <laughs> they were for Diana and they are for Kate now. Right. All right. So I'll stop talking for a while. Tell me, let's tell me about 
speaking of Will and Kate, tell me about yeah. those. Yeah. Those two so, crazy kids. Yeah, so they have, together, they have had two official kind of visits to the United States. Um, they haven't had, you know, full state, you know, visits or anything. They've had um, Will and Kate's first visit, which was shortly after their wedding. Um, so that was kind of, yeah, there was ult- ultimate craze when they first showed up. Um, was a tour, they did a North American tour of the United States and Canada. Um, so they only visited California for that trip. And obviously, as we 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 talk about and we bring up, you know, there's there's a lot of fascination about Kate, what she wears, you know, the fact that she was a commoner who just met Prince William in university and they fall in love and got married. So it's that excitement that it could happen to you, that fascination. And obviously, Kate is stunningly beautiful and Will is also really hot. So mm-hmm. hot young royals. Mm-hmm. They wear tiaras. It's awesome. Or Kate does, at least. Um, <laughs> I would like to see Will in yeah. a tiara. Maybe he, he he's now embraced his thinning hair. Yes. And isn't doing a weird comb over anymore. But I feel like that would that would help accentuate yeah. his uh, shiny hair. <laughs> But yeah, so they went to California, and just kind of the big thing is that they um, went to an event hosted by the BAFTA, um, the British Film oh, yeah. Association, and um, so they did a su- they did several charity visits on that trip, um, but that was kind of their their big thing where Kate wore a beautiful um, Lavender McQueen oh, dress. Oh, I love that dress yes. so much. It's kind of Grecian, almost. The sleeves are like a chiffon, yes. and it's sparkly as heck, yeah. and it's so good. It's beautiful. Um and uh, Prince William might have met Barbara Streisand. I have that as a question mark. Oh, yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. I didn't get into this, but yeah. Prince Charles apparently, like, when he was... I don't know if this is, like, what trip this was on, mm-hmm. but he was obsessed with Barbara Streisand, apparently. And this is according to a book called Game of Crowns, which will probably... I've, I've read I, it. Yep, I'm Kate's 20 pages it. in right now. And it's interesting. We'll talk about yes. it. It came out last year, and it's... It's, it's interesting. It's bonkers. It's for sure. straight up nuts. But <laughs> they talk about Prince Charles and how, like, he only woman he wanted to meet was Barbara Streisand, and they he, they allege that he and Barbara Streisand had an affair at some point. Mm-hmm. Which that would be that would that is why that would be really funny if yes. like Will's met yes. Barbara Streisand <laughs> and was like, "Hi, you, my dad is in love with you slash had an affair with you." Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Will played polo and then, um, they attended a, um, it's called Great and it's essentially uh, an association that talks about, um, the, um, why the UK is a great place to visit, do business with and invest and study in the UK and, um, talking about the partnership of, um, what British people are doing in the United States to, you know, their, whether they're doing startups or doing charities and showing, look at, look at all these great people who have come to your country and made it a better place mm-hmm. once again promoting the U.S. And then um, the second visit was a short visit um, in 2014, right before uh, Princess Charlotte was born. They visited in December. Um, It was a short three-day tour of the East Coast. Um, And for that one, uh, the the, kind of the highlight was we were hoping that Kate would wear a tiara, but I wasn't expecting it. But it was a fundraiser for St. Andrews, which is the university that they met at. Um, It was a a university uh, or fundraiser at the Met. and so Kate wore her um, her Jenny Packham uh, off-the-shoulder dark blue dress, which looks really great with a baby bump. Yes, it does. Um, and so uh, they did that. They did another one of those great receptions. And uh, Kate got some side. I had to, had to roll her eyes at someone who kept telling her to wrap some presents. 
I don't know if you ever saw that one. No, I didn't. So she went to she went to a school with um, the first lady of New York, and she was wait brought... Sandra. No, not Sandra Lee. No, no, no. Um, wait, never. It mind. would have been. Um, is it? Oh yeah. Who's no, it's not Black Bloomberg. Is it Bloomberg? Was it New York City's the mayor's wife? Yeah, the mayor's oh, wife. Okay. Yeah. Then I don't know. But yeah, so they visited a school and Kate was helping wrap presents since you know it was around the holidays and um, people were taking pictures and Kate like stopped for a moment because she was talking to one of the children. Right. And the person like snapped her and was like, Keep rapping. And so Kate like rolled her eyes and was like, Okay, I'll keep rapping. And then everyone's like, Kate is so rude. And it was like, No, no she's she talking to a child. Right. Like, she was like, Be nice and stop to like interact with a young child who's really excited to meet a princess. It's more rude to like keep doing what you're doing and not like if somebody's talking at you to like, she's not, she's not like at a work where she needs to, yeah. like, <laughs> she's got a quota to fill. She needs to wrap so many packages or right. that's what her job is her job is to be there and to like talk to the children that's right why she wants to go yep um they went to the 9-11 museum and then they went to a brooklyn nets game where they met u.s royalty Bill yeah and Jay. oh my god so, i remember that and then kate was apparently some royal protocol was broken when was it lebron james put his arm around kate for a picture because i think that they were playing whatever team. yeah i don't well, actually know what team he plays for but um, cleveland cleveland I think at the time he played for Miami. Miami? Yeah. yeah. I think it was Miami versus. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so there was that picture. Um, and then Kate stayed back in New York and Will went to visit Barack mm -hmm. at the White House and they discussed poaching. Yeah. And uh, I think that's when Kate was reprimanded for um, wrapping, not wrapping presents efficiently enough. <sighs> And um, and then the kind of the last kind of royal moment wasn't from a royal tour, but it was when the Obamas came to visit Which um, Kensington Palace. And I know. We discussed earlier, and they were just in time for George's bedtime, mm. which is probably one of the most adorable, like iconic. Like, right. He's in his bathrobe with his little slippers. They have his rocking horse out. That was a gift from the Obamas gave to Kate and Will, and um, when George was born and. Freaking adorable. So if you've never seen those photos, just look them up. Your heart will be warmed. You will understand that there's peace and beauty in the world. And you'll and, want to squeeze his cheeks. Right, because he's freaking adorable. And if that yeah. photo isn't on his piano when he's an adult, he's crazy. I would put it on my piano as a toddler. Yeah. I would put it like... <laughs> on your Fisher-Price piano. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so... Well, oh, but that... Speaking of... Uh, President Obama with adorable yes. babies. There was an article of this woman. Did, did you see, see that? that? Yeah. Um, he was in the Anchorage, Alaska airport, and this woman was looking for her gate, and she had a six-month-old, and she saw a guy sit who looked like President Obama and was, like, trying not to be a creep, but, like, was like, is that President Obama? Mm. And she was kind of getting closer and, like, again, not trying not to be a creep. Yikes. And then all of a sudden he stood up and said, who's this beautiful girl? And, like... Started talking about the six month old, and they were like Aww. talking about being parents and stuff. And like, he's there's pictures of him holding her. And I may or may not have said to my husband, like, this is wrong. I just want President Obama to like hug, like hold me and be like, are you who are you, beautiful girl? But like, a da in a dad way, right, like, right. Kind of like, it's gonna be okay. I don't know. I'm in a, I'm in a vulnerable place, you guys. It's hard. It's just, okay. it's just, I just. It's He's so just cute. really good with children. Oh, so cute. And then he, like, joked to the uh, little girl's dad, like, oh, I'm going to take your child. Like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to steal her, like, because she's so sweet. Right. I was like, she is. Well, he's probably, like, 
missing like when his kids were younger because yeah. like he's got like two teenagers one's graduated like time is moving too fast so he's probably like just like he's just singing a song from cats yeah. <laughs> singing a song from cats in his head well well lonely in the anchorage alaska airport yeah. maybe he was sitting by the polar bear there's a stuffed polar bear in the anchorage oh, airport i slept nice. near it because like my uncle lives in Alaska and every time we'd fly from Minneapolis to Anchorage and then we'd have to stay overnight in Anchorage before the flight to where my uncle lives. And there was always like, we were too cheap to get a hotel room or anything. So we'd just try to stay there until, cause it was like a 5 a.m. flight and there was always polar bear and I was always too scared to like sleep <laughs> near it cause it looks like it's going to attack you. Anyway, well, we can hope that they'll have another trip across the pond soon. I think so. Um, yeah. Kate and Will. Yes. But also Barack. Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's back already, here. He's already been. But I think... To I, visit Harry. Oh, yes. Yes, he has. Well, I, I mean, all of these things. Maybe he'll come up to the Invictus Games in Toronto. True. To see his his friend Harry and, to, <laughs> and Michelle will go just to make sure that Megan's good enough. Not that, again, but assuming Michelle has already been the one who's instrumental right. in setting these two up together. I believe your together. theory that she set them up is correct. It makes sense. I feel like if anyone's going to get them, like, together, like, if it's true, if the, again, best Daily Mail article ever is correct, <laughs> and he had said when asked, who's your ideal woman, Meghan Markle from Suits, I'm sure she... Like, maybe that personal friend was Michelle Obama. Right. And she was like, oh, I can get her on the phone. Yeah. Like, I'm the first lady of the United States. I definitely can. Like, next time I see her, I'll mention it. And then we'll we'll try to set something up. It's not it's not inconceivable. Put it that True. way. I've come up with it. It's, it's, I'd say it's, there's a 15% chance that this is what happened. That's pretty good. When I'm talking of Harry, we're going to, he has, you know, he has one. A trip to the United States that stands out more than others. And I don't know if he's been to the, like, on official visits to the U.S. Besides, I don't think, this was not an official visit, and I don't, don't recall him ever being on an official visit to the United States. Not that I States. know of. I could be Will wrong. Will hasn't had really an official trip, and if Will hasn't, I bet Harry wouldn't have. Right. And so, we'll take you back to tw the year 2012. As you may remember, the Olympics were in London. It was a fantastic success for the country. The British royal family came out looking amazing from it. It was some of the best, like, Will and Kate public displays of affection we've ever seen. So they much would hugging. passionately hug and high five and cheer and, like, you know, cheer for their uh, countrymen and women and all that jazz. And Harry was there. And he was, you know, encouraging people right alongside them. The queen parachuted in to the opening ceremonies and, you know, hung out with Daniel Craig. There were all these things that were just great. And then a couple weeks later, um, there was some story published about Prince Harry's trip to Las Vegas, wherein he uh, went with some of his some of his lads chums his ch his chums <laughs> and they uh they got into a spot of trouble as one might say and so 
they were staying at big party. They, I mean, they were just going to a lot of parties. And this is where the infamous nude photos were taken. Yes. And that was quite a scandal. Um, I'm trying to find a, an article from that time. I thought you said, I'm looking for photos. Right well, now. I mean, <laughs> I so mean, they're usually TMZ, um, <laughs> yeah, so this is TMZ's, uh, oh, they only have a video. Well, I'm not going to do that, but yeah. let's just say it did not end well for him. Um, the photos of his relatives in public over the next, like, few like weeks, the next two weeks, they did not look amused at all no. in public because, again, they had worked really hard. I think the the biggest challenge, their biggest challenge and what they're always trying to do is to come off as relatable people. Yes. And people who aren't exploiting their royal status for a lark or they're trying to see, be seen as like warm, approachable people, but like who have this sense of duty and are using their immense privileges to benefit the country mm -hmm. as a whole. Partying in Vegas and playing strip pool <laughs> with, quote, sexy co-eds, unquote, <laughs> according to TMZ, that does, not, uh, that does not send that message to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, with Harry's other history of partying, including, you know, smoking pot, apparent, allegedly, um, yep. and getting sent to rehab for one day, and showing up in a Nazi uniform, yeah to a costume party, which never a good idea. Even if it is a bad taste costume party, just still, mm -mm, don't do it. So these, this, that was his most memorable trip to the United States. As I was reading in our, the earlier Daily Mail article, there's hopefully going to be some opportunities coming up with a supposedly imminent engagement for him to make some trips back to the United States. Some new memories. Some new memories. <laughs> uh, I doubt he will ever return to Las Vegas. <laughs> no. I have a feeling he's like persona non grata. Like it's not persona non grata, <laughs> but it's like the opposite. Like the queen has made him like <laughs> forbidden him from doing that. There's like a, an edict against it. <laughs> and, um, she's like, no, you're not going there. I don't care. Um, you know, but America's a big place. You can go a lot of places that aren't Las Vegas. So, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that situation. Yeah. I don't want to harp on Harry. Right. He, yeah, as he's already explained. He's, every, everyone, everyone makes yeah. dumb decisions when they're young. And unfortunately, and sometimes he's famous that people are taking pictures of them and selling them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I personally don't have that experience. Yeah, I've never partied in <laughs> Vegas with also, sexy co-eds yeah. myself. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we can't speak from experience, but uh, we get it. Yeah, like, I, or at least why. I'm gonna say that I I'm okay. I understand the situation. I think I'm okay if this is. I'm not personally going to see this as his legacy. No, this particular thing. And maybe I'm being a little too indulgent and giving him the benefit of the doubt because of the fact that I think he's really cute. But that's... Sure. Right. You can make that argument to me. Right. And I think he's he's explained he knows he's made some mistakes in his past. And, I mean, if anything with the Heads Together campaign and all that, he's at least trying to do something. 
Right. He's he's definitely done a lot more for public service, uh, his mm-hmm. like public service initiatives with yes. the Invictus Games and Heads Together and all of his things. He's acting like an adult. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. He seems a lot more adult-like and much less like that guy friend of yours in his right. 20s who's, uh, you know, a bit of a partier. Is a good guy, but maybe takes it a little bit too far right. sometimes with his jokes and with his um, antics. Yes. But, you know, now when he meets the woman who he loves and who he wants to spend the rest of his life with and who isn't going to put up with such shenanigans. And will drink rosé with him. And will drink rosé with him. <laughs> is not going to judge him for that. Um, then he's going to, you know, straighten up and fly right as the song goes. Yep. You know, he's going to act more like an adult man. For sure. All right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's... What what a history lesson. So, uh, yeah. 100 years... So long. Or more. <laughs> yeah, there's it's been more than 100 years. We covered a lot. We covered, you know, more than 200. Yeah. So, well, if Queen Elizabeth really were at the, the, <laughs> there in 1776, you would have had a lot if more I research. If I don't see photos, I don't believe it. Yeah, pics where it didn't happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, no somebody's so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... Uh, but yeah, so we hope you enjoyed uh, this. Yeah, this this tour, this of tour history, and I will. I do think this was quite like a hedge maze yes. <laughs> at the Q Palace. <laughs> we took some detours. There were some dead ends, but we ultimately got right. back on track and took you through history. Right. And we hope you found it interesting. Um, and if you didn't, there are many ways to let us know. Yes, you can reach out to us at Gmail. We are americrowndreams at gmail.com. We are available on Facebook and Instagram at americrowndreams and at Twitter at americrowndream. Perfect. Yay, I did it right again. Yay. And so you can get in touch with us. We have been a little dormant on the social media front. Yes. As we're getting things booted up here. But obviously... We're still working out the kinks here. We are not professionals in any way. I know I'm saying yeah and um and, you know, a lot. I apologize. I'm working on it. It just shows how relatable we are. Yes. Like the royals. Exactly. I mean, this is just a chat between girlfriends. Right. That's what we said to (laughs) your husband when he's like, do you want me to give you uh, my honest feedback? We're like, yeah. And then he gave us, like, the most mild criticism, which is like, you say um sometimes, and we're like, get out of here! Right. <laughs> How dare you? Yes. You try to do this. This is our hard. baby. This is our baby. It's not ugly. Ugh. Anyway, we do. We're aware. We're imperfect beings. Alas. Mm-hmm. We do not have the divine right bestowed upon us. No, we We've taken just... it upon ourselves. Indeed. We've self-appointed ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From uh, the petty kingdom of Caitlin's basement. Yes. Where we can be as petty as we want to amongst. Yes, I'm going to take a lots. picture to put on social media of our, our locale. Yes, it's just nerd paraphernalia. Yes. Just just and lots of it. There There's used a... to be a table next to Jenna where she could put her beverage. Yes. And now there, is a, now there is a curio cabinet. With, like a trophy case. Yeah. But for like Nintendo figurines. Yes. So I see a, a link from Zelda. Yep, we have some Samus. I see Samus. Yes. And then some people, uh, for video game people, this is probably where everyone's turn- tuning out, uh, Phoenix Wright and some Amiibos, Nintendo Amiibos of Ooh. Splatoon characters. 
and some Persona characters. Anyways, we'll stop talking about this. I, was, um, I don't know what she's talking anyways, about, everyone. But, yes, but I know because my husband loves these things, and that's why he has a cabinet that is here now. <laughs> well, the best part about Caitlin's basement is we're sitting in the half that happens to do with her husband's interests, but the other half of the basement is straight up Hogwarts. Woo! It's amazing, and it has every Harry Potter thing. It just got has a banner that says A Magical Day. That yes. we bought at Party City in like two thousand. It would have been four. For, it was for the Order of the Phoenix. Was yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Because Harry has a shorter haircut. So two thousand five. Yeah. So it would have been for Order of the Phoenix because that. Yeah. Because it's so close cut. Because obviously in in Goblet of Fire he has his shaggy mane. Yes, he does. And by but by Order of the Phoenix he's really he's clean he's, cut. He's, yes. So. Anyway. So that's a we'll lot send, of things. We'll, we'll that post don't pictures. Um. Oh, and I wanted to, I know we're, we're running up on time. Well, we can go as long as we want, but, um, I've gotten many compliments about your artwork. Jenna is the, the, the master of, um, our, 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 uh, Corgi yes. icon. I don't know. Um, what should we name the Corgi? I don't know. I don't know. The queen, what I've always named my, I have a Corgi Christmas ornament that I bought at Buckingham mm-hmm. Palace and it, I named it Dash after one of the queen's corgis, but. I don't know. I'll have to think. We'll okay. come up with a name for him yes. or her. But well, it is wearing a tiara, so maybe it's a girl corgi. Yeah. Mm. So many, many compliments. So good job. Thank you. Yes, it's beautiful. I got to use my frustrated art. I don't know, like whatever artistic vision. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, iPad free art Photoshop things. Yay. I don't know. Well, it's great, and I love it. Thank you. I think it represents our podcast quite nicely. I like dogs and tiaras, so it was fun mm. to draw. Perfect. Um, I think next time we will probably be covering the Poland and Germany trip, mm-hmm. and we will have some other things to discuss coming up this summer, so stay tuned, and everyone should have a fantastic week. Yes. Yay. All right, and hopefully we will come back to you with pretzels, yeah. toddler, later hosen, and drindle. Yes, maybe I'll drink a lager. No, I don't want to do that. I'll I'll drink. I'll drink. Should I take a shot of schnapps? <laughs> I could take a shot you, of schnapps next time. You could, yes. Before, to to get in the mood. Perfect. We usually record on work nights again, and so I don't know that that's the best. Ah, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All we'll right. see where it takes us. All right, bye, bye. everybody. Bye.